Yeah, no weirdos. No weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. folks it is on it is on you'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast glorian shout out shout out shout out and now here i am at fun spot busting my ass there it is it's so overtly sexual i also know a thing or two about cannabis you get the giggles and you sound like a moron. I have to be careful how I share my opinions. You better be screaming sats. Oh yeah, full boost. I can feel it coursing through my node. On this beautiful Tuesday night. Hope you're feeling all right. It is March 7th, 2022. And uh, I'm Sir Spencer, Wolfgang City. And I'm Dame DeLorean under a full moon. Oh, yeah. And it's 2023. Isn't that what I said? Something like that. is 2022 plus one is 2023 that's right remember the plus one hey it took me three months to fuck the year up this year that's pretty good (laughs) yeah that's a good streak for you it's not bad three is a magic number you know we got three nights of the full moon magic too that's true i would say uh three nights of keeping the wolf at bay but you're a wolf all the time and this human face is just your disguise. Maybe. That could be. Could be. That could be. I'm all frazzled. The setup is the... I found some hidden kinks that I'm ironing out. Oh, hidden kinks. But they're not fully ironed yet. Well, we don't kink shame here. <laughs> well, that's that's a big relief for me. Let me tell you what. <laughs> oh, my God. So, it's been a busy week. We always say that, I think, at the beginning of the show. That's true, but I don't know if we've ever said it where we did three bowls with buds, or three shows in a week. They weren't all bowls with buds, but we did do three shows last week. They all had buds in them, for sure. Our buds. Three days with shows and four days without shows. That was last week. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was fun. Thanks to Sir Seat Sitter for having us back on Abs in a Six Pack for Dreams 3. That was a fun time, Dreams 3. Yeah, that was great. We got to rate some dreams. We had to. We got to hear about dreams not being memes, bringing them to life. Mm-hmm. That was interessante. Most definitely. I got to long Furby pill everyone. Uh, yeah, I don't know how. It, <laughs> I don't know how. Just like things that uh, I don't know you know. And then you hit me with them out of the blue on a, on a abs and a six pack. That's right. It's a learning experience for everybody. <laughs> Long Furbies. I'm short long Furbies, by the way. Same. Officially. Oh, 
get the news that uh, my grandma passed away this weekend. Yeah, I'm sorry. So that one was, uh, uh, it, well, you know, it's a bummer, but it's also kind of like uh, time. It's like uh, kind of a relief at the rest, you know? Yeah, she's at peace now. She was in a lot of, uh, she was just struggling for a very long time. And uh, now she is no longer struggling, which is good to know. Um, it just, uh, I know it, it bums us out that we didn't get to see her when we went up last time. Yeah, I am happy that you got to see her when you went to get the freezer, though. Yeah, that was good. It was a good time, and it was pretty much like, uh, you know, it's it was it was clear it was kind of imminent even then. So that will be this weekend. We'll be traveling up there for the services on Saturday. Um, and yeah, I'm happy. I'm excited to return to Iowa because they gave me a fucking robo speeding ticket last time I was there. Thanks, Iowa. Which doesn't even make sense. It seems like a scam. A huge scam. It's a huge scam. Because it's a non-moving moving violation. It's a speeding ticket that's a non-moving violation, yeah. Because, like, legally they can't give you a moving violation via robot, via some company in fucking Tennessee. Some company in Tennessee sends you a speeding ticket uh, through an Iowa camera to a Missouri driver. Huh? So I don't know. I don't know. I'll be looking into that. Yeah. I'll be calling up my legal beagles and saying, hey, what, what can I do about this? Yeah. I love on the back, it's like, well, you can uh, pay us, and then no one has to know about this. You can argue in court, which will cost you $95 in court fee, $5 cheaper than paying us. <laughs> and then that's pretty much all that they say on the back. Yeah, it's a little weird. Like, a lot of it is sketching me up, so... Yeah, it's very sketchy. I'm going to consult the uh, the broad legal minds. Say, hey, <laughs> how do I not get fucked here? Yeah. Um, But yeah, Bully Steed suggests getting the Waze app before you leave. Uh, I love Waze. Oh, yeah, Waze is fun. Waze is cool. In fact, Waze has been kind of integrated into Google Maps itself. Um, I think they acquired it a while back, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, the way you, you can mark like... Uh, Speed traps and construction and all kinds of stuff. Stall vehicle. Yeah. So the RoboCam should be on there. Ugh, Missouri outlawed those things. Yeah, it just it presents a legal quagmire because there's a bunch of basic tenets of the law. Like you're supposed to be able to face your accuser, for instance, in court. And uh, I don't know if they're going to drag this fucking robot in there. <laughs> no, but it's, that uh, seems to be a, an issue. The robot's busy extorting money from everyone else. On the road, you know? So I got this scam where they send you a civil violation, you know, the civil non-moving. It's basically, it's kind of hilarious because basically what they send you is the um, similar legal equivalent to like if you get a real speeding ticket and you go pay a lawyer to like make it go away or go down, right? Yeah. It's the go down thing. Mm. So it's like pre-gone down. And really, it just feels like one of those things where they're just like sending them out and hope X percent of people like send money back in and they're just generating revenue, you know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't either. I am not responding until I seek further counsel. That's all. That's all. Yep. Sounds like the smart move to me. Yeah. We had a bud in the bowl. We had a really good bud in the bowl. Booberry. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was Booberry. The Black Knight. Blueberry black guy. 
I <laughs> uh, was in the bowl. And uh, yeah, we had a fantastic time. He was hammered on ciders, which is not following Proto. He didn't follow Proto, buddy. You're done. Uh, we allowed it because uh, the bowl isn't really about following Proto. So. No. Um, bowl Proto? I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, definitely not. I was trying to get the uh, official readout. God damn it. I don't know where that went. My board is just all over the place. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Probably nothing. Probably nothing. Tra-la-la. Nothing. Yeah. Tra-la-la. Uh, oh, yeah, finally. Zosobi, Booberry, Freak of Hazard, Mothman, and the Miniocalypse, and the Horror of Yig. We want to get real technical. Yeah, that's the guy. This isn't the technical part of the show yet, but we'll just get there early. <laughs> get real technical. Uh, I kind of felt a little self-conscious listening to some of the post-show while I was getting ISOs, you know? Trying to find, like, the cold open. Because I felt I just, for a guest show, I talked a lot. Mm, you were on one. And I know I talk a lot. Like, I'm just a talky guy. But I just had, I had so much to say to boobs. And it had been so long. It had been over a year, actually, since we talked last in a Bulls with Buds situation. You know, I ring my boy up on the phone every once in a while. But, but to really sit down for two plus hours and um, really get it all spilled out was a treat. I just had a was. lot... I had a lot to say about uh, um, really the evangelical notion of this journey that we're all on together, this podcasting 2.0. And Boobs is like the embodiment of evangelizing it. This guy will always, always be uh, P20 pilling people. Yes, without fail. He was doing it to Sam Tripoli like right after we talked. Like the next night he was out there getting it. So, I mean, the guy never stops. He's an absolute madman. If you don't know, you can f- uh, fuck around and find out at BehindTheSchemes.com. That's S-C-H-3-M-3-S. Every Monday night, including last Monday night, uh, which if you're the kind of guy that uh, wouldn't mind fucking dolphins, then last night, last night's Behind the Schemes is a, a must-listen. You cannot be uh, missing it. It was an extra rowdy episode anyway because uh, John and Carolyn of Hog Story rolled right out of the uh, smoker and into the green room to join Mr. Boobs on that uh, aquatic adventure that they had last night. So, yeah. It was epic. That blew my mind. It's not all it blew either. Hey. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we had a great goddamn time. Oh, this weekend was great too. Because it was like springtime weather. It was. And you know what that means. That means smoking some ribs. That means letting the chickens run around in the yard. Mm-hmm. Kids, chickens, dogs. Everybody was just having... It was a jubilee, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, but we forgot to shut the chicken run. <laughs> yeah, well... And so then there was a great chicken escape. They do love to wander, if given the chance. Yeah, I went there at night, because they were all wandering around, and I was like, ah, shit. I never really, like... Rounded them all up and got them back in. But the beautiful chick, the only good thing about chickens, really, aside from you can eat eggs all day and still have eggs. That part's really nice. But the only other good thing, like the only good behavior that they possess, let's put it that way, is that when the sun goes down, they just go in the coop. Yep. Like without fail. You don't have to go tell them. You don't have to check. Like you just look, you go, oh shit, I have chickens. And you remember that you actually have chickens. And you go in your yard and you look around. And they're all gone. And then you look in the coop, and they're all huddled in there. And then they're looking at you like, fuck are you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> it's nighttime. Yeah. Nighttime. Without fail, you can set your clock to them. So 
they were all in there. The one coop door of the, you know, the nesting box slash coop, there was one coop door that was open, but they were just standing there, you know, looking out. They weren't interested in hopping around outside. So I just shut that door and all the other doors just looked shut. You know, I didn't like kick them or tug them or do anything, but the T run door was not latched. It was closed, but not latched. So the next morning they were all over the place. Yep. Sartwell just wakes up, lets the dogs out, as is her routine, and then she comes around upstairs, uh, the chickens are out. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, let's get the dogs in. But you know, the dogs did not bother the chickens. The chickens might have bothered the dogs, (laughs) but the dogs didn't bother them at all. The dogs are easily bothered, so... (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what to say about that, really. And then uh, the middle child joined us, and we rounded up all the chickens. And they were all there, all accounted for. Didn't leave the yard, which was awesome. It's good. They stuck around. Yep. They, they know where the uh, food is. That's right. God, I feel like I've just been on a uh, podcast listening spree like the early days. Remember back before I had a job? <laughs> it was like after I had a job, but before I had another job. Yep. It was like a beautiful little time. I was like between, you know, you ever been between gigs? It's a beautiful thing when you're between gigs. And that's where I found myself for a beautiful period. That's kind of when we started the show back up. Really, It is. Yep. I was in this lovely between time where I was just listening to everyone's shit 24 hours a day, or at least it felt that way. Uh, and I really struggled to find the time these days, but this past week, man, it's been all playing all the time. And uh, even during my work on Friday, I was very excited because remember Dave had told us the Wave Lake guys were scheduled to appear for the next board meeting to have a little chat. Yeah, I do remember. And uh, I was kicking a break because podcasting 2.0, it starts around 12.30. And uh, that's when my lunch ends, typically. I usually have to go back and start uh, class up again. But I get a break at 2. And like right before the break, my hex chat's going crazy and seeing all these pluses in the in the podcast 2.0 room. <laughs> I click over there. I'm like, what the hell could possibly go on, be going on in here? People are talking about the stay a while and... I guess boobs had uh, got that requested, and I'm like, request? What is going on? And I kick on the stream, and uh, who but Adam Curry is in there throwing this uh, wild dance party. There's papers flying all over the boardroom. The seats are overturned. Um, and so I took full advantage and was like, hey, we this is the perfect opportunity to bring back Club 33. Oh, and did we? Yeah, we did. Yep. You sent me up to the stage. That's right. Just push me on forward or get on up there. And uh, Adam, he didn't even have to make a call. Like, just Raven comes out of nowhere. He just kind of like beckoned with his finger in the air. And there she she, was. She just like popped out of a closet like she'd been there the whole time. I think she had. I don't think Raven ever left. They just like must slide all of the leftover mutton right into that closet for her or something. (laughs) Yeah, that was a a fantastic time. It was. If anyone out there has a bootleg of that, I'd love to hear the whole thing because I just popped in weirdly at toward the end. Um, and I don't know, tried to give it a second wind, I guess, of sorts. Although for me, it was like walking in, like the initial reaction, you know, there was a cake. I don't know if Raven came out of the cake, but it was just everywhere destroyed. They got it all cleaned up by the next day, though. Yeah, I never found my panties, though. I heard they were on a flagpole. Yeah, I ain't climbing up there for them. Something like that. The flagpole can keep them. See, but then uh, Adam accused Dreb Scott of having some in there, so I don't know. We may never know the full uh, extent of what happened during the podcasting 2.0 dance party. 
but I can tell it was a good time. That much I am confident in. Yeah, it was. It's a blur. Absolutely blurry. Absolutely blurry. Uh, We're scheduled to have a damn good time, by the way, this coming Sunday. We'll be back from Iowa. We'll be uh, settled down. That week I have evening classes, so I'll be in no rush to climb into bed. Yay! I don't have to get up super early the next day, so that that means uh, we can have a great Bulls with Buds again. Got another one already lined up for you. Wowie zowie. Because uh, we, we don't rest. There's, no. There's no rest for the wicked. That's right. And that means us. Yep. Uh, joining us this time around will be Ben Owens. He is an old uh, college friend of mine and uh, a cannabis author. He's now out in Colorado, but he's been a uh, big guy in the legal cannabis market, entrepreneur. Definite entrepreneur. Uh, for many years now. And he runs a little uh, operation called Grow Hort, a community-based cohort for first-time hobby growers. And you can find it at startahobbygrow.com. So we'll be talking to him about, oh, I don't know, all kinds of stuff, hobby growing and uh, this and that, what he's been up to. We were uh, buddies when we were both in normal in college, so yeah. It was a good place for meeting people. Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely would recommend. Yeah, that was the probably the best networking I ever did in my life, really. Yeah. Um, Took you all the way to D.C. Mm-hmm. Right up Satan's butthole. <laughs> Deep inside the cavernous butthole. <laughs> uh, so we look forward to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Uh, we've been threatening to have Ben on the show for a long time. Yes. And I actually have something about that as well planned for him. Cool. So. Um, yeah, there's a lot to pick his brain about. I think he'll be tickled by that, but uh, I'll, I won't spoil it. I won't spoil the uh, surprise I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Busy week behind us. Semi-busy week ahead. I've also been trying to uh, hack together this uh, sample project for the uh, um, the portfolio project that gets assigned under my section of the, the courses for the React work. So we don't really have sample projects usually. We just kind of have prompts that we give students. But I wanted to give them something to like look at and like a second example, you know? Yeah. We teach them... We're teaching them React in two weeks after they've been slammed with all other parts of the stack. It's like they're kind of getting toward the final stretch. And so it's a big kind of uh, curveball toward the end of the track. They're exhausted usually. They're a little bit behind on the bigger project that they had just been assigned. Mm. And so these iterations of the course I've been teaching so far, students usually just hand me in like almost a carbon copy of our class code but just made for the to-do app. And I'm just like, man, you, go, you just got to be a little bit creative. Yeah. Like at least just change the bootstrap color of the banner or something, you know? Like <laughs> It's like all just exactly the same, the same colors and stylings. So I got a little uh, sample of like, look, you could do it like this. And I mean, it gets so, it gets to the point where they're like, oh, we don't have a, we don't have a example in code of a checkbox and how to store and flip a bool, you know? So... On the one hand, it's like the easiest bit of data. Like if you have a data type and it's a bool, how do I store a value that's either true or false? And then how do I change that? Like silly, easy. Like that's the that's the easy stuff. But now we'll have an example. Like, all right, well, go look how it works. Yeah, no excuses. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's what I'm looking for. No excuses. No excuses. How to get it done. 
it would be nice to see him get creative too, because then it's good practice for the real world. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I want to impart on them is like, uh, just it always comes down to overthinking most mm. time in program, and I'm guilty of it myself. And that's why I'm trying to focus on how to teach that away. You're never going to teach it away, right? But at least you can bring awareness to it so that you're working on it. And I don't know, it's sort of for my own benefit, really, because I know I do this constantly. But with with redesigning the site so that it looks kind of like your own, it's not, you don't have to change a bunch of stuff. Just change a couple colors, pick a font, get off of the default settings, you know? Change that background image. I mean, no joke, the the project's submitted to me have the same damn background image and everything jeez it's like you just go over to grab some royalty free background image and pop it in there and just make it like a little different yeah i mean last round i i graded uh 10 or 11 of these to do projects that all looked the same and all the fucking default bootstrap info theme colors in it lame that light blue you know i'm like the reason that we Pick that one for the class codes so that you can use a different one that is actually decent. Yeah. We picked like the worst color for ours. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Show off your personality. Anyway, it's just, it's too much inside baseball, really. Learn a thing. got to learn it, man. You got to make it your own. You got to be unique. You got to be unique just like everybody else. <laughs> uh, But you know who's truly unique and like nobody in the whole world? The bowlers. The bowlers are. You know that that's a fact. Uh, they're the best, in fact. You're the best Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. They're the best. And uh, we want to always remind them that they're the best and thank them. Thank you for the value for value. This is a value for value proposition after all. And uh, what the hell does that mean? What it means is uh, we just put the show out. And it's not like a giveaway, but it is a play-to-pay proposition. That's something that Abel Kirby came up with when we were doing the Stay A While album, right? It's play to pay. If we put this thing behind a Patreon subscription, let's say, you know, many such content creators, many such cases, if we put this thing behind a Patreon subscription and then we get on there and uh, record this uh, mascara streak stained video asking you, please, it's only $5 a month. Mm. Please subscribe my Patreon. Uh, we limit ourselves on a multitude of factors. Number one, not everybody's that crazy about Patreon, right? So if that's our only option, then we introduce this uh, whole political aspect to it, which we don't really give a shit to do that. Number two, it's $5. So yeah, it only is $5. And then that's where we cap ourselves out at. And sure, there's extra tiers of the Patreon, like... Oh, do the 15 level and uh, we'll we'll send you a special uh, Lorian Teletubby giggle every week or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do the 200 level and uh, we'll send you genuine used panties from the Podcasting 2.0 <laughs> dance party. I don't know. There's, there's weird things like that, right? Yeah. But then you got to come up with these extra bullshit incentives and everything. Like you're, you're juggling and you're just like upselling stuff. It's like the fucking... NRA when they send you a letter. Oh, get a free backpack and a folding knife if you give us a bunch of money. Um, so that's just not on. That's not great. No, you're also limiting it. Those panties might be worth a lot more than that they might third be, tier. They might be worth a lot more than that. Yeah. 
now we could paywall our stuff. And this is the thing that the lightning community has been really crazy about, or like Bitcoiners um, pushing lightning and lightning paywalls and micro lightning paywall payments, right? And that's all cute. But the problem with paywalls is not only is there a more extreme version of limiting yourself on the ceiling, but you're filtering out everybody who's just not interested in paying at all, which is the majority of the people. Let's be honest. That's yeah. most people are not interested in paying at all. And I don't want to not talk to them. There might be reasons why they can't pay or they can't pay right now. Or maybe they don't want to pay first. That's all. So that's why I thought Abel was brilliant at coming up with play to pay because you get to come into the bowl and figure out what it's all about. Stay around, um, you know, stick around, try it out, see if it's, you know, your style. For many people, not going to lie, it's not everyone's style. We're well aware of that up front. And that's why it's value for value. You're, if you get value out of it, you'll know and you'll know how much value that is and you'll then return that. And that's what the bowlers do. Everybody gets it. And that's what's beautiful about it. That's why we grow as a community. Uh, something else I discovered pretty recently, which I've kind of known this for a long time. And I've even heard Adam kind of gripe about it a bit over the years, every once in a while. Every once in a while you get uh, some message or some communication from people suggesting you do something. You change your format, you change your show, you change this or that. Uh, and then they might give you some value, right? Oh, I donate, but you do this and I don't like it. Or, uh, if you want me to donate, you have to do this. And I, I in the past, you know, this isn't the first time I've gotten messages like this, but it, 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 I always consider that with an open mind and I always think, all right, well, what if we did this? Like the first time this happened, uh, somebody was like at this value for value segment, like you do it right up front, maybe save that to the end. I don't know. People want to like hear some stuff. I want to have to fast forward right away in the first 30 minutes or whatever. Like we're 20, 30 minutes in right now. So, you know, oh, I don't want to have to fast forward through your donation segment right at the beginning. And I really genuinely considered that for a while when I heard that. But it, it dawned on me lately. If you receive a message from somebody and they're saying they don't give you value, thus they don't get value from the show, but then they're trying to make a suggestion of where to steer the content you should weight the opposite of that. You should put that in the category of things not to do. I think that value for value is nice in, in filtering that out of saying, okay, this is a guy who doesn't get value out of my show and he says we should do this. That means my bias should be toward not doing that. <laughs> yeah. That means that probably is a bad idea, right? Yeah. That's all. It just kind of occurred to me. I know Curry, he'll, he'll like... uh He'll do your voice if you send him something like that. And be like, uh, you had to wait to do And uh it wasn't that kind of a tone. I mean, it always seems kind of like thoughtful and helpful kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, I always consider stuff, right? But I think that uh our discussion with boobs on Friday night, um, it really drove home that uh um why we're here and what and what we're doing and uh what makes it work most of all. And this feedback loop of everyone returning their value for um, whatever reason, whatever reason they find, that's what keeps us real and true. And if I'm out there chasing uh, somebody else, then that is what's going to send the show to a different direction we don't want to be in. Yeah. Um, whereas here, with the value, it's for value, by value, and that's, that's how we're driven. 
That's what keeps it authentic, man. That's what I love about all of these, all of these shows. Not just it's not just us doing this. It's a larger formula and a larger community, and we're just a stony little piece of it here on Tuesday nights. That's right. Which I love and uh, brings me great joy. And we're not trying to sell you anything. That's right. <laughs> Nothing worse than having your content interrupted by an advertisement. Oh my goodness. Tell it's, me about uh, it. Yeah, I've found myself just completely stop listening to things when an ad pops up. It's it just gross. Just, it breaks your brain, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you forget what they were talking about Yeah. before the ad. Well, and then it taints everything that's said yeah. afterwards, too. You know? Yeah. It has that stench of the advertiser on it. Yeah, exactly. You just see their nutsack on the whole production. Yeah. This is why uh, uh, Booberry is so fond of the Bill Hicks drops. That dude was fucking right. He was fucking right. Uh, you know who else was right? A recurring payment from our buddy Kevin S. Yeah, Kevin. The central f- uh, coast of California. Came in with the $5 monthly, so we appreciate that. Thank you. Cheers, my brother. Goes towards our monthly bills. That's right. Uh, but you know what else? What else? Bowlers have been boosting. They've been boosting like mad. You know why? Because they've got this song stuck in their head. I'm gonna boost some stats. I've got 40000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Ah, uh, yeah. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, send a boostagram. Hey, you can hate boost the show. That's right. <laughs> and uh, the more sats that you boost in a hate boost, the more hatred you directly send over the Lightning Network instantaneously to my node, which doesn't ignore the hate coming in. Uh, boosting us, as usual, on the fade-out, without fail, 1420 sats coming in from Harv Hat uh, on the fade-out of the last bowl. Thank you, Harv Hat. That was out of CurioCaster. Appreciate you. And uh, then we got hit from Fountain, 10,000 sats from NetNed. Aw, NetNed. NetNed of the North. Much love, bowlers, he says. Much love to you, Net Ned. Uh, then thirty-three, thirty-three came in from a Dame Trail Chicken. Oh yeah, bok bok. She says bowl boost with some uh, party cones and some lightning emojis. I love it. Sweet, thank you. Absolutely wonderful. We had a just an absolute sat orgy of boosts come in for Booberry while he was here. We appreciate that. We thanked everybody in that episode. Um. We were slaughtering Satoshis. We were. It was absolutely incredible. And Harv Hat gave us a 33-33 on the fade out of that show. He always tries to sneak them in at the end, right? But uh, we still get the shout outs. So we appreciate you there. Shout out. (laughs) Uh, 15.08. That's a boost from Cotton Gin Tonic. Ah, Cotton Gin Tonic. That's right. I thank you, sir. Coming out of Fountain, he says, boost. Simply boost. Boost. Uh, next up, we have Cotton Gin again, uh, with a 9969. Is that like a, uh, a rapey German 69? 69! 9969. You gotta think about it. Mm. Analyze Analyze it. it. Uh, he says boobs plus plus, which will increment karma for boobs by one, uh, if Gal is keeping score. But in the bowl, Chad keeps score still. Uh, and we were having a discussion about this in the chat. Can we maybe migrate karma tallies over to Gal because Gal knows regex. Mm. And so 
Um, it's something that we're going to look into and consider. Um, you know how technological things go on as far as timelines around here, but um, I think that's an attractive solution. The uh, only thing that I... It's not a deal breaker, obviously, for me. Like I can live without it, but I think it would be kind of nice to import people's karma over into Gal. So Gal... Uh, why I think that she'd be great for karma tracking is she her her karma counts server wide. So if you plus plus in the bowl, if you plus plus in the green room, if you plus plus in podcast 2.0 uh, or other fine chat rooms where Gal is keeping track of karma, then uh, your karma goes with you. It's the oh. same number, right? So it's wow. server wide. So she's tracking multiple rooms, man. She's doing a lot. Doing the work. That's right. And still while wearing those uh, sharp stilettos. It's fucking, I don't know how she does it, but, uh, yeah, that's what I'm considering. I'd like to move, uh, numbers to her. And if you plus plus somebody and, uh, like right now, Chad, you know, if you plus, if you do a long message and then plus plus somebody at the very end of your long message, Chad will just grab the whole string yeah. that you typed instead of just grabbing the last word, which, uh, we love Chad. I, I'm the biggest defender of Chad. Every time he's getting bullied in the chat room, I've been stepping up to help him multiple times. I just, Chad is just an old stony guy, you know? Yeah. Can't be expected to keep up with the sharp mind of Gal. I mean, it's almost an unfair fight when Gal comes into the room. So, well, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We love all of our bots. Um, borderline robosexual. Let's see who's next. Twenty two twenty two is next from Mia Mortals Podcast. Oh, thank you, Kyron Down, and uh, that's out of the Fountain app. He was boosting episode two twenty seven, a case of Della. Great episode. He said, "Wow, chapter playlist for all episodes. Great idea. Thank you. Uh, that's what I love about you guys. Really going to that extra effort. Uh, yeah, coming up with the ideas and then saying them with my mouth. That's about where it stops." <laughs> We'll get there. It's uh, in the ether. Implementation is coming. Coming summer of 2023. Implementation of all these crazy ideas. I've done my part. I've made art for all the crazy ideas. You do. You make the art and uh, we display <laughs> the art. The art is fantastic. Um, so we love that. 6969. Uh, you know, that's the Woo. calling card of Hey Citizen. 6969, 69, dude. It's not the only one that boosts 6969. I'm uh, partial to that boost myself, but he does it the most, I would say. I would say he's probably the king of that fiefdom. And then everyone else, like myself, are just kind of jesters in his court. Uh, he says, out of Podverse, I have made the decision to continue boosting and promoting your show, but not for long. As soon as I find a supplier that sells me weed covertly laced with fentanyl and other expensive illegal substances... I will have a super secret business plan that will require all of my time. <laughs> money bag, money face, money bag emojis. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. Tell me, uh, tell me the money making formula behind that. <laughs> because I've been wondering for years how that works out exactly. <laughs> Appreciate your boost, uh, hey citizen. Uh, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Speaking of other people doing it. Sixty-nine, sixty-nine, dude. That's Pfeiffer coming in on the live boost from CurioCaster. And hey, uh, Pfeiffer. That was just an hour ago. He said, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Uh, fuck it, indeed. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Well, here we are bowling with you, sir. Appreciate you. Uh, 6060 from Make Heroism. That's our uh, two minutes boost. I'm just making shit up. No note, so uh, it's a mystery. 
6060 coming out of Fountain, though. We appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, also out of Fountain, this is coming from Bully Steed. We call her Bully Steed when we're deep behind the curtain having laughs. And uh, she boots in 8197. Yeah, Bully. And uh, Bully says, a prime number. It is. Love it. Uh, then we got a boob from Bully Steed. Thank Ooh. you for your boob, ma'am. That also comes out of Fountain. She says, full moon, Purium, Jewish clown holiday, boost. So this is a, uh, excuse me, not Purium, Purim. Purim? <laughs> Purim. <laughs> Purim. <laughs> Purim. Bloody am I shook Yeah. <laughs> not a Purim. I don't know what you're thinking of. But, Boy, uh, I think that's something else. Uh, boost from Bully Steed. So there's the Bully Steed. Steed indeed. A fine steed indeed. I hadn't heard of this holiday. I looked it up. Oh, yes? Yeah, people uh, dress crazy. They might wear costumes. They might dress like the opposite gender. Oh, uh, with the honking kids. and the honking and the clowns world. Yeah, exactly. I see, I see. Okay. I'm keeping an eye on you, uh... Purim celebrators. 4269 <laughs> coming in from Harv Hat. He always boosts us when we go live, and uh, there he is. Yeah. On that live tag from CurioCaster. Next up, uh, Hey Citizen. 69! 69, dudes! Oh, yeah. That uh, sick lick from Podverse this time. And uh, he's got a full moon emoji with an ow and a wolf at the end. Very nice. Appreciate you. Uh, seven, 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 seven sets. That's a jackpot from Make Heroism. Hey. Fountain app uh, boost there. Appreciate you. 35,552 sats from Booberry. Absolutely out of control. A mad lad. What a mad lad. It's coming out of Boost CLI, boosting from his own node like an absolute pimp. Oh, the most sovereign of boosts. Uh, and he sends a dangerous cat box link that ends in .mp3. Should we check it? Yes. Before we wreck it? Do a commercial. You're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore and a end of the story. Oh, my. Wow. Uh, a little Dave Hicks action for you. <laughs> Fantastic. That was wonderful. This is why fortune favors the Dave. Thank you, Booberry. I love that. I'm going to put that somewhere safe. Uh, 6666 coming in now from Cotton Gin out of Fountain, who says, honorary goat sacrifice. Oh, there it is. Oh, man. We just got the one goat, but okay. Yep. There it was. Knife coming out. I got this shiny wolf knife. It really does need to stab a goat eventually. Stab it. Stab it in I IRL. I can't bring myself to. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nah. There it was. Yeah, it feels better in the green room. <laughs> we don't have tarps. I know. You know, like, oh, we got carpet, man. Uh, 120 sats for Booberry next. Excuse me. I don't know what that Fred, uh, <laughs> or that Elmer Fudd laugh was. Uh, Boo CLI coming in here. 120 stats from Booberry. He just said, you can also give Cal Gal Karma if you boost the BTS feed 120 stats. <laughs> yeah, so. I like that. Whatever you're Good doing, move. stop listening to Bull After Bull. Fuck this show. Go over to Behind the Schemes <laughs> and just spam boost 120 stats so you can pump Gal up over there in the green room. I don't know what you're even doing here. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I'm just playing. Thank you for everyone uh, who is boosting in value, um, making the robots go off, hanging out in the chat, which is a great way to kind of get introduced, by the way. Because, again, it's value for value. You know, We don't, like, uh, shake people down right when they walk in the door and shit, you know? Hang out. Get to know people. Yeah, definitely. See if, see if it's right for you. The chat is where it's at. Chat is where it's at. Chat's where you've kind of figured that out. Is can, it right for you or is it not? You can see the boost rolling in there too, which is a lot of fun. Rolling down the lanes, hitting the pins. But there's other ways to contribute value also. It's not all treasure. That's right. Sats or you, you cut bucks. You make a great point. You can make some art for us. Every week we have different art for the episode. So that always helps me out if someone sends some art in. You can make some jingles. Like, hey, Citizen has been busy doing. Uh, or you can pass the bowl to someone you think might enjoy it. Yeah, no weirdos. No weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> I said the biggest weirdo of all. That's right. And there's another easy way to contribute value, and that's by leaving us a voicemail. Every week we have a first time I ever topic, and this week we want to hear about the first time you ever choked on something all you have to do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of force will yeah that's right we'll play it we won't uh, screen it, and yeah, you can say anything. You can answer the FTI. You can just say hi, whatever. Whatever. It's clever. If um, you're in a dead zone or have poor reception or your voice shy, send us a text. We read those too. You can even, if you're like uh, barely hammered at all driving home from work in your car, you can turn your phone on and send a uh, voice snippet into the bowl which i didn't even know was possible until i got a few you want to hear some of these a vocal text yeah uh caller is texting while driving uh not using a hands-free device device i guarantee you and like the car noise oh it's just (laughs) uh let me lay some of these on you god dang it i want to know when the first time you ever pulled off a mediocre hank hill impression was (laughs) i remember it like the first time I tasted the meat and not the heat. Hang <laughs> on, Hank Hill calling in. Uh, I couldn't tell you the first time, because none of my impressions are mediocre, I'll tell you what. <laughs> that boy ain't right. <laughs> I know, you got these in, uh, these came in at, these came in at 626, already that boy ain't right. Hmm, <laughs> God, I can't, I can't even get in the mode. In the mind. Uh, they keep going, though. God dang it. I want to know. Oh, uh, damn it. That's the one I just played. What a fool. By the way, you're listening to Bowl After Bowl. Or for the web-oriented among you, bowlafterbowl.com. <laughs> taste the... Taste the bowl, not the roll. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> Taste the bud. Bowlafterbowl.com. Taste the bud, not the crud. Amen. <laughs> Brother. 
<laughs> Servo in the chat. Was that oh. Hank Trill? It was uh, the one and only Hank Trill. I uh, like that bump, though. <laughs> I know. He's like dropping the phone, but he's still got it going. He's oh, not hitting a... I thought Hank hit something. <laughs> Just it, drive over the old lady, okay? Just uh, keep driving. It might have been a little thump thump <laughs> of uh, driving out, driving outside the speed, uh, senior center. Uh-oh. Was that a speed bump? Or was that Eloise? Yup, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one. <laughs> Last one. Uh, what that dang old bowl after bowl man have a bowl and another bowl and have a bowl after that bowl and bowl after bowl. Dad, what's Boomhauer talking about? Uh, don't worry about it, Bobby. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> the triple threat, man. Oh, that's excellent. What a talented uh, motherfucker there. Uh, cheers, Sir Seat Sitter. We see you. Blowing up the text line. See, there. it's a versatile phone number. You can do a lot about it. You it's can do true. a lot about it. I love that. Thank you, sir. Sir seat sitter. Even doing, even doing Bobby Hill. While driving. Couldn't believe it. I was like, oh man. That's epic. Oh man. The bowlers are the best. They're the best around. They're the best around. Uh, well, I guess I can't put it off any longer. We got to talk about that. You really want to build a node. In fact, building things. That's what we do in a bear market, right? What we do is uh, first we go on Twitter, we start a fight. Uh, doesn't matter who, as long as you tag yellow, you start a fight with somebody. And then uh, building. We're always building. Talk about we're building. You won't believe all of the shit we're building, bro. It's incredible. That's the, that's the formula. Um, building nodes, man. You're going to want to do it one day or another day. So why not today? Let's try it out, man. Try it out. You're like, well, it's too hard. Oh, no, it's too hard. It is exactly hard enough. That's what I say. It is exactly hard enough. Uh, in fact, Boobery boldly declared he was going to be buying some merch off of his own node. Uh, hammered on six ciders. He managed to pull it off. So uh, it's not so hard, like they say. So hard. Yeah, you just got to get in the car and drive. That's right. How are you going to know? Whether you're Hank Hill driving... Uh, <laughs> Too fast in the left lane in oncoming traffic while recording an excellent bowl after bowl promo. Uh, or you're just a regular guy driving a regular, um, I don't know, what do regular guys drive? A Dodge Stratus. You got to get in that car and drive it. Uh, we did have a Casey Bitcoiners meetup today out in Tanner's. Beers with Bitcoiners. Like every other week we do this. Uh, small group, kind of like the the diehards, you know, the core guys. It was a six, uh, six. Six pack. Six pack of, of fellas. One lady fella. Nice. And in the six. She's uh, one of our regulars. And yeah, we just talked about, uh, it's funny, we talk about how everybody's talking about Noster, and then all of a sudden we become people who are talking about Noster as well. Mm. But that wasn't the intent. The intent was just to talk about the people who are talking about Noster. And uh, what did we conclude? We concluded that Noster kind of is a, a little mini Bitcoin Twitter going on right now. Lots of zaps. People are excited about zaps. In fact, Fountain added zaps, added support for Noster zaps, so now you can receive a Noster zap directly to your Fountain wallet. There's two steps to doing that. Uh, the first is you got to figure out what's your Fountain wallet address. That's the Lightning address. That's like your username at Fountain.fm. Uh, 
Once you find that, you plug that into your Noster profile as your Zaps address or whatever they call it. I don't know. It depends on your client, right? Calls it a lot of different things, but some sort of a lightning wallet. It asks for that in a field. You propagate your fountain wallet there. Uh, also works with your Albi wallet, by the way. Also nice. works with any valid LN address, lightning address. Uh, the second step, however, for fountain to make sure they work, you have to go into fountain and there's the little triple dot thing by your profile and you tap the triple dot and there should now be a place to add your inpub from Noster to fountain. So you got to add your fountain to Noster and your Noster to fountain. They a little shake hands thing, a little ceremony, and then boom, you're getting zaps right into your fountain wallet, which is convenient if you happen to boost from fountain a lot and you want to then earn zaps on uh, Noster by shaking your ass and saying zap in the uh, toot or whatever you, what the fuck is a Noster post called? A meep. A meep? I'm kidding. Yeah. I have no idea. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a Noster post, I guess. They don't have a clever one-syllable uh, trendy... They should call it a zip. Zoomer word. Ah, zips and zaps. Yeah. I think you're onto something there. They should call it a zip. Zap my zip on Noster. That's, that's got a real ring to it. Yeah, and you get like 100 zaps and it's a zoop. <laughs> oh, my God. I just got on Noster. I'm, you know, a little behind. Yes. I uh, had you get on there. Only because it was easy with Amethyst of basically just scanning my code to follow yeah. me. and Pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Yeah, I did it in bed, so anyone can do it. People, uh, I've heard a lot of people go, oh, Noster's too hard, too confusing. And I'm just like, people just say that with every new shit that they do. No, that's just like what you say. It's like, oh, I did a app. It was like confusing and hard. It's like if, if it's not an app that you've used for 10 years, then it's confusing and hard. Like, ah, is it though? Is it hard? Mm, so hard. <laughs> I no, I didn't think it was hard at all. Once I got in. Oh my god! Come over here standard. And, and help me deploy a ASP.NET web API to a fucking subdomain on HostGator because that's what I'm trying to jump through right now and figure out how to do. And it ain't hard, like. Uh, fucking spinning up a Noster account is hard, I guess, apparently. <laughs> anyway. I, I didn't think it was hard or confusing. Um, I think my brain said, hmm, what is this? As I was looking around. And, yeah. And my brain did that, you know, a decade back when I signed up for the bird shite, too. Sure. Because that was a really new format for me, the way that the bird shite works. And yeah. I thought, hmm, what is this? I remember being in, in journalism school in like 2008 and first getting on to WordPress. I'd never used a WordPress before. Similar thing, you know? Like, yeah. what the fuck is all this? You click around. You find out. You click around, you post, you fuck it up, you delete, you edit. Now, that's the one the bitch about Nostra, though. There is no delete, there is no edit. Oof. So you got to be sure before you hit that uh, zip. Nostra does not forget. You got to be sure before you post your zip. And Nostra does not forgive. That's right. The ostrich never forgets. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, some... Wait a minute. That's a fucking emu. Oh, no, no, no. It's an ostrich? It's an ostrich. Oh, dang. Yeah. The emu is ours. Yeah. We own the emu. Uh, just kidding. The emu is God's creatures, just like all of us. Um, Block seemed to be absolutely owning all of the headlines this past week. 
And I thought, what is up with that? They're just out there making moves and stabbing bros. Um, Block is, of course, Cash App's parent company. And so um, right after the last bowl, they had released these uh, plans for a global self-custody wallet, which is kind of uh, this, they vision this, uh, this fully integrated system of a mobile app, a hardware wallet, and local... Uh, fiat financial systems and they're trying to kind of bridge the gap between like banks and Bitcoin and getting people into it and self-custodying it and having a kind of some sort of a hardware signing device, Um, which is, I think, a great goal. Uh, I know that people look at Cash App and they're like, but there's many such companies, you know, like once you get too big, then you're like, nah, nah. Uh, and this is why, by the way, I only recommend, like, the only actual advice about Bitcoin I give out is uh, run a node. That's solid advice. And that's it. Then you don't have to worry about whose company does what. You don't have to worry about how gross is it because um, it's your own gross. Like, running your own node is as gross as sleeping in your own bed. <laughs> you know? Probably gross, but since it's you doing it, it's okay. So they released that news, and then uh, just a bit later, they released the C equals thing, which Jack Dorsey had a big uh, hand in. He's, uh, I think, rubbed his beard on it at some point. C equals is a new uh, lightning ecosystem, a lightning uh, service. Lightning as a service. These things are popping up every which way. Of course, Breeze has uh, announced theirs a while back. So it's a big coming soon thing. You know, it seems kind of like an early announcement to kind of drum up excitement. And yeah, it's another one of those bear market we're building shit kind of situations. We like to keep them building. And finally, uh, just today, Block announces a release of the Mining Development Kit. And they want to provide devs with a suite of tools to help unlock innovation in Bitcoin mining hardware. Mm. The MDK Mining Development Kit. So they've just been like dropping pressers like, like it's going out of style. Or like they're gonna get locked up in a couple weeks, and they need to like get all the press releases out quick. Ooh, not like not really, but you know what I'm saying? They're just yeah, like, they're just sweaty palmy. Fire got lit they're under their like, ass. Uh, yeah, their uh, their PR department maybe got a, like a new hire, and they're like, "All right, we're getting our shit in gear. We're going. They're doing all the releases, even shit that's not released. They're announcing the release of future releases. They're like, you know what? Uh." It's the first week of March. Nobody's going to fucking see this coming. Let's just full court press all of our shit right now. <laughs> Now's the time. Now is the time because Nigeria's uh, Naira, I want to say. Can the Naira, N-A-I-R-A, Naira. I don't know. It's their currency. Yeah. Uh, and it is just in a dog shit situation, mm. which is a big, uh, a big driver of Bitcoin adoption in that area. There's many unbanked citizens of uh, Nigeria. And their central bank is a huge political um, mess, I guess you would say. Uh, All the press you read about it, for instance, I read a Forbes story about this, and all the press you read about it is like, "Uh, most central banks around the world are apolitical, but not in Nigeria. It's like, uh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Color me suspicious. Yeah. Color them full of shit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But... They redesigned the Naira, and then the government set some arbitrary deadline of uh, last Friday was the original deadline for all of the 
uh, not last Friday, excuse me. It was like uh, in, in February. I want to say February, like, uh, let me pull up a calendar really quick. Yeah, it would have been February 3rd was the original first uh, deadline for all Nigerians to turn in their old bills and get these newly printed Naira. Oh, no. And uh, they didn't even print as much as in circulation. So it's just big currency coup that was thrown uh, as part of a run-up into Nigerian elections. So it's just an absolute shit show over there. There's bank runs everywhere. People are standing in lines for ATMs for hours. And there's just not enough cash to go around to replace all this cash. Not enough cash. Vendors are already uh, refusing to take the old notes because, you know, they don't want to get stuck with these old notes that then they have to exchange. Um, It's just a total shit show, mess. And so that's why uh, a lot of people are turning to Bitcoin as some place to maybe store and save some of their wealth. Yeah, smart. And the nice thing about Bitcoin is some idiot can't say, okay, uh, February 9th, you got to turn all your Bitcoin in and get the new Bitcoin or else... You're fucked. It's incredible what's going on in Nigeria right now. And also like how uh, it doesn't really get talked about a lot at all. Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing of it. And um, that was a month ago they got told to bring their bucks in. That's right. Uh, last Saturday were these big elections. So I don't know exactly. I, I need to look into the results of this thing. But uh, the current head of the central bank did try to run for president, I think, in the last cycle and the court stopped him. So it's just all of this, like every institution, every political institution in uh, Nigeria is <laughs> political. Big surprise. Uh, just like everywhere else. Yeah. But it just seems to be a little bit more... Um, Transparent. Yeah, transparently political. I don't know. It's just a little bit more, uh, a little bit less stable, let's say, you know? Mm. Like people are just trying to make moves and vie for power and grab more power out of power. And... uh here, it's more like uh, an old boys club, you know, where there's like a there's like a line that you're supposed to sand in and there's the proper amount of dicks you're supposed to suck before leveling up and, and that sort of a thing, right? Yes, of course. And there's more like uh, people play nice. They like play fight in the uh, capital and then they go to the hotel and then they fuck like rabbits and um, put money up each other's ass and stuff. And... It's just kind of like there's more of an appearance of uh, some decorum and civility here, you know? Um, And it just seems like all that's off the table in Nigeria. And that, of course, you got to take with a grain of salt of that's just based on the reporting that I have. I've never fucking been to Nigeria, right? Yeah, me neither. I have to rely on the the reports from these career liars that uh, are telling me the story, you know? So that's, that's for what that's worth. Bitcoin, man, that's their only hope. So they're only hope to find something that's going to actually be around longer than their uh, Naira deadline. Yes. Once again, Bitcoin fixes this. Bingo. I've been reliably informed that on Noster we make notes, not zips. Ah, notes. Yeah, that makes sense because the N in Noster does stand for notes. But it stands for notes and other stuff. Uh, zips could be the other stuff. Yeah. A zip is a note your Noster makes when you need a zap. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Powell, he was up there talking to Congress in his biannual uh, hot wind session. Oh, boy. And God damn it. It's a very weird time out there. 
and we had no DH unplugged to grouse about it. But uh, everybody was rooting for this Fed pivot. Fed's going to pivot. Ooh, Fed pivot. Fed pivot. Uh, people, I feel like, just had this unspoken hope that if they said the word pivot enough to each other around the water cooler at the office and tweeted pivot enough that the Fed would reverse this uh, rate hike uh, kick they've been on. And it doesn't seem like a pivot is in the future, uh, or at least in the short-term future. And we're in this weird spot, not only in the housing market, but just in markets in general, where uh, inflationary pressure is still here. It ain't going anywhere. Um, It feels almost like, how the hell is it still going? And it's felt like this for a couple years now, at least. Definitely. It's felt like this. It kind of was starting to feel like this. And then COVID came along. And then we had this big uh, panic free for all reset, uh, hide the fucking receipts kind of situation, right? And then we had uh, supply chain breakdowns. Oh, my God. And it's almost like this artificially deflated uh, supply of everything from uh, computer chips to houses to everything in between is the only thing keeping this price relief from coming in. You know, like we would expect something to drop in price enough to grab some of it, to like get a good deal on fucking something, right? Yeah. And we just haven't really seen it. Um, It's kind of gets me most with the house thing, you know, because like looking at houses and not looking, looking for like, let's move next week. Right. But just keeping an eye on the market in general, like, Oh, is there a good deal to be had? And no, <laughs> definitely not. It's right not. Now. Cause now like the interest rates crawl up. I think mortgages are around seven now. Jeez. The average mortgage payments like, uh, pushing 2,500 bucks now. Oof. Big oof. Um, that keeps going up. So sellers, or I mean, buyers like are just getting ass hammered, but sellers on the other hand, don't really have a motivation to sell. Cause like, yeah, you could get a good price, but then you'll have to go buy something else and get fucked. Right. Yeah, exactly. So what are you going to do? You're just going to hang on and wait and hope like, like, like we've been doing, yep. like most people have been doing. And then out in the market when people are buying, basically you've got these buyers that have been turned down so many times and they just need a place that they're just going to go and they're just going to get the thing. Got to get the thing. And so that's not really like uh, everybody out there obviously is putting in offers, but that's who's winning, especially in any spot that's contested. We're still not seeing any kind of inventory relief. Inventory is still getting crunched, crunched, crunched. So I don't know. It was it was a weird, ominous vibe even at the Bitcoiners meetup tonight where everybody's kind of like, yeah, like things aren't bad, but they feel really like not good either. It's like the... It feels like a calm before the storm kind of moment. Mm. And I think that uh, Powell's talk kind of reflects that a bit. He's going to continue tomorrow uh, with the rest of his testimony. But uh, specifically about the crypto sector, he did point out that some turds hit some fans earlier this year. Uh, Noted there's been, quote, quite a lot of turmoil uh, what with companies collapsing, high-profile fraud popping out, uh, not just from Bankman-Fried, although now he is like the period on that sentence, but, you know, Terra Luna, that whole thing, Three Arrows Capital, like there was a shitload of people over-leveraged and scamming other people. Yeah. Celsius, uh, all kinds of shit. Rug pull after rug pull. I mean, it's a bloodbath this year. 
an absolute bloodbath. Uh, so they're kind of talking out both sides of their mouth, right? They're cautioning against uh, much movement in terms of regulation, but they're also cautioning against uh, financial institutions playing with too many crypto things. Um, there've been a lot of statements over the past year from the fed and from other regulators, sec, et cetera. Uh, basically all big warnings to banks that, uh, they're watching the crypto moves closely, but it doesn't really like, there's no substance to it. You know, yeah. it's like, we're watching you don't get too involved. Uh, but the, the, the hidden threat behind all of that is that, uh, um, too much crypto play and you might not meet the safety and soundness standards, which you have to meet in order to keep on, uh, keep on keeping on as a banking institution in this country, you know, to operate, you have to meet safety and soundness standards. So, uh, so far still, it seems like a lot of talk and no teeth, but, uh, we'll continue to take a, take a look at it, keep an eye on it. Uh, and unfortunately the, uh, the cocaine just, it feels cut this week. Yeah. It just feels a bit cut. That's all. And you got to wonder when is the thing going to pop? And that's not uh, just Bitcoin, but that's just like an overall macro take markets in general, the economy with a capital E mm. like uh, something's got to give, right? It seems past its stretching point. <laughs> I've been thinking that for a while though. Yeah. But you know, here we are chugging along. So yeah, who knows? Maybe that can just like, uh, maybe can they just, Fill all the cracks with print, 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 print. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They will try. They will certainly try that again and again. They'll keep doing it. Well, there's something I like to try week after week. And that's to find three stories with the magic number in a little segment that I call Top 333. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, I actually had I a, love it. a fresh piped uh, alternate version of that. Oh, yeah. Top three, thirty-three. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Podfather himself. Yeah. All right. Hey, citizen, is just uh, keeping them coming. A mad lad. Thank yeah. you, hey, citizen. We love you. I I'm very very partial to your all right though. <laughs> Me too. There's just something about that. It's so silly. All right. All right. I can't even emulate it. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's just a one-off. The magical all right that Hey Citizen scored. Uh, kind of coming off of uh, your shit stain stories tonight, I saw this headline. Will you have more money this year? Less than 33% in U.S. say yes. That's from Bloomberg, and they were looking at some numbers that Fannie Mae came up with. Um, people just don't have a good outlook on what's going to unfold for them at their work and stuff. And they're mentioning that rent prices are going up and everything sucks right now. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a, ba uh, a downer. I really wouldn't want to be somebody just graduating from a, from a university right now. Oh, Lord. This no. is probably the worst time. Like, I felt scammed. Like, you are out of your debt party, right? You're sobering up to the reality that you're going to have to start now making payments on that massive chunk. And where are you going to fucking live? Hopefully you have parents to move in with. That's where we're at Ugh. now. Like, hopefully you've got parents who will let you live there. Yeah, that's... 
It's pretty messed up. It's pretty messed up. A lot of folks in this survey, too, that they shared were worried about keeping their job. Job security seemed mm-hmm. to be an issue. So, yeah, it's no fun. No, not at all. Also no fun. There was an update to uh, SNAP benefits or food stamps. 33 states extended additional food stamps money for the final time in February. So these were emergency allotment payments that came out of the Rona times. And households that were receiving less than the max benefit in food stamps were eligible for them. But now they're going to start seeing their monthly payments drop by $95 or more. So best case scenario, you stop getting 100 bucks a month. Shit. Big oofs on the groceries. There's your uh, social safety net fraying at the edges. Yeah. Now, never have I ever used food stamps, but when there's folks in the grocery store using food stamps, they're always buying like the candy at the checkout with them, or they have some alcohol, or I've seen steaks. That one, I'm always like, hmm, steak. When I was like 18 or 19, I'd did the food stamp thing for like two months. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We ate like Kangs, man. Oh, that must have been nice. I just bought steaks. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what you do with food stamps. Well, buy meat. I see the people grabbing the gummies and stuff out of the last minute, you know, <laughs> right when you're at the checkout. All those uh, traps that they set there for you. Funyuns. And they have the, um, oh, what are those pork bites up front? Cracklins. Bro, EBT should decline on gummy bears, man. I don't I know. know. I don't know what the deal is. I'm there. like, what are you doing? Go get a steak. Cripes. Oh, well. 33 I Iditarod sled dog race mushers to trek across Alaska. I'm hoping they mush the dogs. Please. <laughs> they don't mush them. Don't mush the dogs. Please don't mush the dogs. Mush. Mush. Mushin. Mushers. Trekking <laughs> across Alaska. <laughs> I don't write the headlines. I just read them poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is the smallest number of dog race teams. And that's saying something because the first year of these races, which was 1973, fun fact, there were 34 mushers. And the average is 63. So they mentioned in this article from NPR that there are only two former champions in this race. Oh, man. So, so it's anybody's race. It's anybody's race. Would have been a good year to enter. Or it's uh, smart money's on these two guys, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> more likely. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Well, maybe the maybe that's it. Maybe it's the mush bubble that's popped. Yes. Perhaps. I've saved the biggest magic number story for last. Uh-oh. And this comes straight out of the whorehouse. Oh, okay. Is announcing its 33rd Let me restart that. Today, the Biden-Harris administration is announcing its 33rd security assistance package for Ukraine using presidential drawdown authorities as we continue to surge weapons and equipment that Ukraine needs to defend itself against Russian aggression. This package includes more ammunition for U.S.-provided HIMARS and howitzers that Ukraine is using so effectively to defend itself, as well as ammunition for Bradley infantry fighting vehicles, armored vehicle launch bridges, and demolition munitions and equipment. 
Valley Surgical Clinics, which is the largest and oldest private surgical practice in Arizona. And he's been a general surgeon for 35 years. His name's Dr. Jeffrey Singer. And I clipped what he had to say because it kind of aligned with things we've said in the bowl before. Uh, as we know from past experience, uh, classifying a particular category of a fentanyl analog as Schedule 1, mean, meaning no uh, accepted medical use, basically cuts off any opportunity to do research on the drug going forward. And I think nobody can ever know that there's not going to be something good discovered. We cut off psychedelics 50 years ago from research, and just now we're starting to realize the, the many useful, there many lives that could have been saved over the last 50 years, but, but research was completely suppressed. And it, uh, the FDA is about to finally legalize MDMA maybe this year. Uh, marijuana is still Schedule 1, and could anybody with a straight face say that it has no accepted medical use. So first of all, just as a matter of principle, to, to completely block research into a certain area because you've decided in advance that it's not going to lead to anything positive. I don't know how anybody could ever know that. They probably laughed at people who suggested you, you can get penicillin from a bread mold, but we did. So that's number one. Number two, I think, the, I think it's a distraction to focus on... on uh, uh. Poor clippage. Uh, but yeah, I liked that he's just like, hey, you know, it's not, there's the war on fentanyl going on, of right. course. So let's not Get make caught problems. up in the propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Exactly. We gotta get sucked into the fear machine. Yep. Be we, reactionary instead of scientific. Yes. And yep. as soon as something hits schedule one, it's just no access. Right. There's plenty of access to weed, which is hilarious, and I think that's a great point that he made, too. Can anybody here with a straight face say that marijuana has no accepted medical use? And, of course, no one can, because the minute you even try to say marijuana has no... Your face just turns gay right away. It's impossible to say with a straight face. Yep. Then there was a retired DEA special agent that worked in the Special Operations Division uh, talking to... Matt Gates, a little bit. I clipped this. Hopefully better. In your extensive experience at DEA, you know, do you find that fentanyl is being laced into uh, what people believe to be Percocet? 100%, yes. And, and 100%. Xanax as well? Yes, sir. And marijuana? Uh, there are cases of marijuana. We don't know the extent of that, but there have been fatalities reported with fentanyl in marijuana, yes. And MDMA? And ecstasy? Do we Not sure about too much of that, but definitely in heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine. But more importantly, it's the pure fentanyl that's in the pills and the powder. And they're making these pills, millions of them every day. There's, there's pill press locations. Well, I, I get if someone, I get that you would think about something as an overdose. If someone was seeking out fentanyl, they believed they were taking a certain amount of it, they end up taking more, and they end up overdosing. But if someone thinks that they're using a different substance, that doesn't strike me as an overdose. That strikes me as a poisoning. Probably on the Republican side, I am the easiest to concur that the war on drugs is one that has been won by drugs. Wow, Gates. Wow. Trying to throw the cool card down there. He's like, yo, you know, I'm, I'm at least for a Republican, I'm like pretty laid back, man, as far as like the drug part. Yeah. Of course, we know they're all on the same team. But I did think that was an interesting point. Whenever there's an overdose, if someone didn't know that they were taking fentanyl, should mm. they be classified as an overdose or were they poisoned? That's that's not a bad move, actually. Yeah. 
that's a great way to change the language because, uh, yeah, overdose and OD, I mean, it's a technical thing where you're, um, you're ingesting more than the uh, therapeutic window allows, right? Yes. And the therapeutic window stops at overdose um, as the drug is in you. So, like, you know, the overdose threshold is the same for a drug, a given drug, whether you know that you're taking it or you don't. But he makes an interesting point about poisoning if you didn't know that that's what you were taking. Yeah, because then you don't have the opportunity to dose it out. And it also kind of points out the absurdity of it in the first place. Like, uh, why would you poison a dude? Right. It makes sense for, like, if you're targeting someone, but it doesn't make sense if you're, like, uh, curating a customer base, you know? Right. And whoever's getting these pills that are just fentanyl instead of whatever they claim to be, uh, that's an attack. That's war from coming from someplace else. Sure. Because yep. it, it's not going to be your buddy who's <laughs> right. you know, just trying to have fun with you or whatever. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, yeah. I can see the point there. I also liked that this Maltz fella from the DEA, you know, Gates said, has marijuana been laced with fentanyl? And he's like, duh, he really backed off. He was solid on Xanax, 100%. Yeah. And then he's like, there have been reports of fatalities. It, yeah, the weed he backed way off of. Uh, yeah. There yeah. have been reports. It's like, yeah, we've seen a fucking lot of reports. Yeah, people like to run their mouth a lot. There's been reports, but, like, what else has there been? <laughs> Nothing I'm, I've seen. I'm genuinely asking. Like, I'm genuinely curious. What else has there been, you know? Yeah. I don't have an answer, because nothing. In the, in the weed. It just seems like a fucking anslinger move. I see politicians at podiums mentioning it, and then the journalists run with what they say, and that's as far as it goes. There was that one story out of Connecticut where they said there was like a barrel of weed laced with fentanyl, and then they backed way off and they said, oh, no, that actually wasn't there. We were wrong about our facts, which I don't know how that happens, but uh, you'll find out later on in this Behind the Curtain segment. It's happening a lot. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Weirdly. Yeah. So the Justice Department this week finally announced the application form for those pot pardons so that, you know, if you got pardoned by... Uh, the dusty man in the White House there, you can get your certificate to prove it. Even though it, it doesn't really seem to change anything. Even though they'll never people. figure out how to print PDF. <laughs> Recalcitrant boomer. That's right. Yeah. So that proclamation from Biden came out on October 6, 2022 for prior federal and D.C. Simple possession offenses. And there was like a whopping 1,600 people that were pardoned. Uh, so yeah, well, it's all online. You know, just uh, give a little bit more of your time. Because they couldn't bother to find the 1,600 of you themselves and mail you the certificate of authenticity or whatever this is. <laughs> you gotta do your, you know. It's crazy because... Biden pardons those who pardon themselves, all right? That's You can take that to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> It weirds me out, the presidential pardons, because you still have to... It's not an expungement, uh, so you still have to list this as being on your record if you're applying for jobs and stuff, but then you get to overlay it with, but here's my presidential pardon. You have to supply that also. It just right. seems like such a pain in the ass. Yeah, it doesn't really do that much good for you. We need presidential expungements. Yeah. That would be way just, better. Just be able to let let it be gone, you know? Yeah. 
not have to tell like your empl- potential employers, oh yeah, and I got popped for weed one time. Like, so what? It's nothing to do with it. just like apply for the job, you know? Exactly. Well, you know, I think an employer worth working for wouldn't even ask. Yes. I remember a big ban the box movement and I didn't like that either, you know, because like should be you should be able to ask whatever you want to ask, but you just shouldn't it shouldn't be part of the job, you know. I don't want some ban in place because of it. Yeah, definitely. Ban employers from asking. I think that's ludicrous. Uh, just don't. Just don't. It's a social pressure thing. Like, don't be a dickhead. Yeah. Especially if uh, you're using weed for medicine. Because, you know, they don't ask how many times a week do you take ibuprofen for headaches or whatever. Right. What scripts are you on? I guess a few places might ask you to list your daily medications. I'm not sure. But, yeah, none of mine. None mm. of my employers. That would be my, I don't think I want to work here, moment. Mm-hmm. Well, the Department of Justice also this week appealed the Oklahoma federal judge's ruling uh, that federal law preventing weed users from owning guns is unconstitutional. I'm kind of surprised it took them this long. Uh, it was just a two-page legal notice saying they want to dismiss that ruling, uh, dismiss the indictment with prejudice. Mm. So we talked about this on Bull After Bull, episode 223. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a great precedent that that Oklahoma federal judge had ruled, you know, saying, yeah, this is freaking unconstitutional. Yeah. All Americans can own guns. They're American. It doesn't say anywhere, you know, in uh, the Second Amendment that if you smoke weed, you can't have a gun. So yeah, fuck it's, you. It's ludicrous. But here we go. Taking the fight another step further. And talk about just being singled out. Like, <laughs> you got all these SSRIs out there. You got shit like Chantix that makes you go nuts. You got, uh, hello, alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, oh, but the weed. Can't have the weed. It's so weird. It's crazy. It's an easy, uh, easy substance to pick on, though. It always has been. That's true, yeah. In Arizona dispensaries are pairing up with the state's poison control in some big fear propaganda effort to keep edibles away from kids. Mm. And it was talked about on a local radio station on the rip, rip, rip radio, <laughs> 91.5 KJs. <laughs> <laughs> it's KJZZ. What? I'm sure they don't call it KJs. But I clipped some of it. Oh, nice. Mostly to laugh at. Okay. So we should talk about what this looks like, too, right? Like, edibles don't often look like a marijuana or a medication of any kind. Like, kids often, I'm guessing, don't know what they're eating. I want to pause it there. Yeah. Little kids don't care what they're eating. Little kids will eat anything. Yeah. Little kids will put dog poop in their mouth. Yeah. You can't put anything in their reach. Yeah. And it always comes back to this. It's like, hey, parents, do you know how to keep your kids safe? Yeah. And it's just, you know, like you don't hear on the radio all the time about your ibuprofen or over-the-counter drugs yeah. that you probably have in your home. It's common sense. Or your toilet bowl cleaner or... I oh, mean, yeah, bleach. They'll go for anything. Exactly. Kids are dumb and curious. Now, this guy that she's about to uh, have answer her question, he works for the... Arizona Daily Star. So he's a journalist, but he's got a podcast for that publication. Here we'd go. 
Nice. Yeah, so I'll have to give that a listen someday, too. Here we'd go. And here we'd go with his answer. Yeah, you know, um, it's it's real unlikely that kids are able to to grind up flour or, or get a hold of uh, uh, pre-rolls and light those up. But edibles, uh, number one, they, they look like candy. Oftentimes, they can taste like candy. And if they're left in places where kids can get a hold of them... Um, it's it's always possible uh, with what they do uh, and mm. their curiosity that they get into those sort of things and the the effects uh, of those edibles on children. Uh, those effects on adults can can be a, a little bit uh, surprising sometimes, but mm-hmm. on children, mm-hmm. uh, especially smaller children, uh, they they can be quite frightening. Some of the uh, the side effects. Yeah, well, I mean, you freak out. Yeah, freak out. Yeah. It's true. And uh, this is a big problem that comes with prohibition, right? Another one. You know, they just like come out of the woodwork at every moment. But in this particular one, you have the fear plus the violence plus the legal uh, situation. Yeah, like legal repercussions. It's all up to 10. And then you're just under this condition of fear. If, if your kid gets into the into some edibles, first of all, where have you been? What have you been doing? Where are you <laughs> yeah. keeping those? You know? Yeah. Like put them away. But secondly, you just, you got to calm that kid down, get him to chill out for the rest of the night and then put him into bed and sleep that shit off. Yeah, and keep him hydrated. Like why you would uh, run around screaming like a, uh, a hen with a fox in there. That's beyond me, man. Like it's just some weed. I know that the kid's freaking out, but the worst thing you could do is also freak out on top of it. Definitely. Your parents, so you know, just ate some weed. They're going to freak out. They're going to get through it. Yeah. And guess what? It's very easy to avoid by just keeping your shit put away. Exactly. You have to do that with everything. You know, cigarettes. Yeah. uh, Any food. Just like if I I go to the store and buy donuts, I have to tuck those away. That's right. And keep them hidden. If they bring home candy from friggin' everywhere they go, people give them candy. Yeah. You just gotta put that away, you know? You gotta have more uh, uh, knowledge of what your kids are up to. Yeah. And it's, I don't even feel like these things need to be said, you know? Like, I can't believe that we're hearing this over and over again, the fear, the fear. Yeah. Well, but, it's just, they're trying to freak people out and be like, whoa, your kid needs medical attention immediately. If that happens, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't I know, think I, so, man. Yeah, you can look up the side effects of marijuana poisoning. Yeah. Give them some water. Keep them chilled out. Yeah, it's all good. It should work its way out. Yeah. Hold, I gotta, hold them and bounce them around if you have to. A little soothing <laughs> bounce while they lay on your shoulder, you know? Yeah, just play some uh, Nielsen Schmielsen. I don't know. Good tunes. <laughs> I did, don't remember that uh, the dog got into brownies one time. Yes. And same thing, and she had an absolute meltdown. Yep. Freaked out. Well, um, we, we gave her a bean bag, we gave her water, we gave her love, and she was good. Yeah. And it's way scarier with a dog because... She they freaking brownies and their chocolate. Yeah. It was chocolate. Yeah, that was the worst part. More potentially dangerous situation. Yep. All right. Let's hear what these uh these journos are saying next. Do we know what it does to like a little child's developing brain? There's a lot of talk about what happens in teenagers, right? Um. Yeah. So psychologically, it can have a really deleterious effect. Um. I, I'd be interested to see if there's any studies done uh, longitudinally on kids that got into that. Um, mm-hmm. But we do know that it, it can definitely, um, even when adults take it, they can have a little bit of a break. Um, when t- kids take it, they can 
uh, almost uh, I've heard it described as acting inappropriately. Mm. Um, and I, I'm not sure what that necessarily <laughs> entails. But, yeah, me neither, man. Uh, I'm imagining it would be very frightening for an uh, for a parent or adult uh, just seeing a child while they are, I guess, kind of tripping on these things. Wow, yeah. Wow, yeah. I guess kind of tripping on these things. He's really not knowing how to say it, is he? No. He's like dancing around something. And acting inappropriate. I was like, huh. I kind of pictured like a kid cussing when he said that. Yeah. Which is like, oh, they don't need weed for that. Some kids are monsters. Right. Um, but what made me uh, take pause there when I was listening to this is when he mentioned the longitudinal longitudinal studies. And because he, you know, citation needed when he said it can have a harmful impact on the brain. Okay, where's your source for this? And then I realized the source is going to be anyone who takes their kids to the hospital where they're both freaking out and tell them uh, what's going on. Yeah. They're probably just tracking all those parents, all those kids all the time. Hmm, let's see what happens to this kid in the future, you know, in this little medical database that all the doctors keep. <laughs> keep it on the cloud. Yeah, man. Follow this kid. You might not even know. Yeah, I would not consider a kid getting hold of weed edibles some kind of a medical emergency. I would monitor the kid to make sure that it's not that, but you just hang out with them, chill them out, and yep. and watch as it's not that. You just observe that it's not a, some kind of a medical emergency. Yep. I've never seen it personally, but the, you know, I I know what edibles do. Exactly. Yep. And here's my uh, final clip and from I, them. By the way, I've taken too many edibles. And that's what you have to do. You have to just fucking ride lay it out. down and ride it out and wait for it to be over. Um, but you also have to know that because, of course, there's the infamous 911 call from that cop that exactly. ate too many edibles. Same thing. It's I like, think we're dying. Well, you might if you don't understand exactly how the weed works. It's It seems to be the same pattern when you eat too many edibles where it's like, this fear kicks in and you're just not sure and you panic. And the panic part is where everybody, when they panic, they go to the hospital. It's like, oh, call 911. And everybody like hits an 11, you know? Yeah. Well, you can have those like anxiety produced side effects too. It's not even the weed at that point. I mean, look at the cops around fentanyl. They pass out and stuff. And I really think it's all just in their head, you know? They just psych themselves out. But anyways, let's see what the Arizona dispensaries and poison control have come up with in their partnership to combat this problem before it becomes a problem. Hopefully it should never be a problem. The Arizona dispensary associations has teamed up with the poison control centers here in, in Arizona and they're distributing window clings uh, oh. to, to the member dispensaries, which is about two thirds of the dispensaries here in the state window uh, that include a QR code and that, QR code takes consumers or patients uh, to an ADA website uh, with a link uh, for of education and information uh, of, regarding like how to keep edibles safe from children, away from children, and also giving parents kind of a, a guideline uh, of what to do if, God forbid, their children were to get in yeah. to those edibles. What does that involve? Like, is it just a, a call to poison control first? Uh, pretty much. Uh, there's also some like, hey, you know, check their vital signs, um, you know, 
check for a fever. If they're not able, if their child has fallen asleep and not able to wake up, call poison control. Uh, kind of a, a, a guideline, if you will, to uh, what could be a very frightening incident if it were to occur. Only because of this kind of jacking people up about exactly. it. Exactly. It shouldn't be. I, I totally am with you, man. <laughs> And I love how she's like, so uh, you call poison control, right? You call poison control. Get to the line where you oh say God. call poison control because that's what we want to do. That's how we get the data. You know, we track those numbers. They called poison control for THC. Bada bing, bada boom. Numbers in the yeah. database. Uh, uh, one out of ten do not recommend. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, but the the window clings. Now, this really got me because you know what it reminded me of? Mr. Yuck. Oh, no. You know, <laughs> I actually had never seen Mr. Yuck, and you showed me. Mr. Yuck was huge, bro. We took that home from, like, kindergarten or first grade or something and put it on a bunch of stuff. Like, they came to our school, you know? Wow. I don't know, unfortunately, but I've Mr. seen Yuck it Mr. Yuck was there with a roll of stickers, man. <laughs> they even have, like, a big circle guy that someone stands in costume. And then you, like, go around in your house and put the Mr. Yuck stickers on all the things you shouldn't be consuming. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, like... Peroxide and alcohol, everything under the kitchen sink and bathroom sinks, basically. Definitely. Oh, we should uh, make our own yuck stickers. The kids would love that. Put stickers on things. Mm -hmm. Child's dream. What I was getting to, though, is the window cling. This reminded me of going into the freaking Walmart where they have that window cling that's like, hey, you might have a kid in the car. You should go back and remember Ugh. to get your kid out of the back seat. Oh, my God. Yes. That's the level of, hey, dummy. Nanny state bullshit. Exactly. Nanny state bullshit. And people be like, well, well, well people do forget, though. <sighs> yeah. They didn't forget because there wasn't a sticker on the store. No. <laughs> yeah. They forgot because they're a fucking dumbass. And guess what? If they're that level of dumbass they're not reading the signs either i have to assume that's probably <laughs> the case uh so anyway yep that's arizona for you wow incredible yeah i think that just the whole amping up of the fear over it just the way they talk about it like oh and what to do if god forbid it ever happened one time oh my god that your kid got into it like it's, it would not be the fucking end of the world. It's not something that's ever freaked me out. It's never happened to me. I've never heard of it happening to anybody I know. No. Where their kid gets into their shit. Exactly. And it I know seems far-fetched for that to happen, for instance, to me. Because it's more than just my kids I want to keep out of my shit. Yeah, you know? my exactly. Whole, my whole life I had to keep everybody out of the shit, always. Yep. Yep. So, what the fuck? What are you doing? I don't know. Keep your bud stashed. That's the whole point of... A bud stash is that it is stashed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It just seems like uh, lots of noobs out there, you know? Well. And the the thing that doesn't help noobs is to get them all freaked out and scared, man. Like, we got to put the message out there that, hey, it's going to be totally fine, you know? Instead, they're like, no, it can never happen. No tolerance at all. Like, you know, I think it'll be all right. That's my prediction. Yeah. I like to think so. But noobs come with the legalization territory. Yeah. You know, there are people who wouldn't even think about trying pot until it was legal. So mm -hmm. here they are, completely unawares. In Arkansas, there's a patient suing medical weed growers and a lab over allegedly 
inflating the THC percentages of their products. Uh-oh. Yeah. He's calling out one testing lab in particular. Uh, their name is Steep Hill. For anyone in the area that's familiar with this, goings-ons. Uh, they said that he had a third-party lab test a bunch of products, and everything in the results were within 10% of each other, while this lab, on average, was 25% higher. So the CEO of the lab is, of course, denying this claim and seeking to have the lawsuit dismissed. Oh, so we shall see what happens there. Another uh, Green Book prediction, I suppose, for Arkansas is that they are going to ban Delta 8. Because oh, boy. They came out with this hit piece from their investigative team this week that, well, you know, I couldn't slice and dice it up. I just had to grab the whole thing. We can uh, pause and talk about it as it goes along. I don't even know what that is. But First of all. Okay, hold on, wait. That's how it starts? This is their man on the street interview. Yeah, this is how it starts. Okay. And remember, the topic is a Delta 8. Delta 8, Okay. <laughs> this voice, I just can't get over. I don't even know what that is. But it's what Connie Taylor purchased here that played the ultimate trick. But I don't like the, I didn't like it the way it made me feel. Taylor has arthritis and was feeling pain. Wait she a second. She says the clerk suggested she... Yes. Does she have arthritis? Arthritis. That's a serious condition, bro. Yeah, when you're like hurting every time Arthur the artwork comes around. You're going to need all nine deltas for that. <laughs> That's all I know. Oh, but I just hate, she says, I don't even know what that is, but she's the one that purchased it. She's the one the story's about. Uh -huh. What? Got some Delta 8, I don't even know what it is. You're going to take like, something that you don't know what it is and put it in your mouth? I didn't uh, like how it made me feel. No, I, I don't understand that. A lot of people uh, will do that too, you know? I guess it's more than just little children. I'll try some stuff out before like looking around and researching and reading about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I never understood that. Me neither. But I'll let it continue. Taylor has arthritis and was feeling pain. She says the clerk suggested she buy this, Delta 8. It was purple and it had like little designs on it, real eye-catching. That's what caught my eye, the packaging. The packaging, something Taylor believes any child could be curious about. But 10 bucks and 10 oh minutes later, her world turned upside down. Can we down. stop right there again? Yeah. This packaging children might find entertaining or whatever. Yeah. Bring me one package in the history of goddamn manufacturing that has not interested a child when they see it. Yeah, it's just good marketing, right? They like to look at everything. You could put it in a plain white box, and they'd be like, what's in that box? What's so in that pick box? pick that box up and turn it around and start looking at it. What's in the box? <sighs> and all we know about this packaging is that it was purple. I'm so sick of the fucking nanny state think of the children excuse. When it comes to just adding arbitrary laws that don't hurt, that help anybody. And then they just point at a bunch of kids, like, and say stupid shit about them. Like, well, they're attracted to this package. Like, okay. Well, you know, the real meat and potatoes here is that Delta 8, hemp, unregulated. Right. They're mad. They're mad because people are just going and buying the fucking plant from somebody who grew the fucking plant. Yep. They're like, no, no, no. That's not how this works. It's not how this is ever supposed to work. It has to go through our chain. Everybody's got to get their fucking lick on it. Then you can have some. It's gross. Yeah. I'll let it continue. Her world turned upside down. I couldn't even function. I couldn't hardly work. 
And then I got sick. I was messed up for three days. Hallucinations, delusions, psychotic breaks in vulnerable individuals. All from a product purchased over the counter at this convenience store. And remember, it's fancy packaging. Kids can purchase these because uh, it's unregulated. Understanding. See, now that's a. I love the unregulated market, the uh, free market. And kids, uh, I guess, technically could, but would the clerk sell it to them? Probably not. But kids! But kids, kids, oh God! Like, what the fuck? It's like a blank check. Is If they can say kids, then everyone has to jump up and down and say, oh, well, we have to do something. We have to, like, of course. Kids, yeah. why didn't I? Kids can buy this, but you don't want kids to buy, like, <sighs> no, I don't, but like, no one does, right? And let's all agree that no one wants that, and then no one does that. Right. Yeah. And then if somebody does, that's where we have a problem. But you can't just point at something like a fucking now they're trying to get rid of uh, the menthols, you know, like all flavored tobacco products. Well, a kid could like it. Yeah, but fuck a kid. I like it. Exactly. What, what, what's this kid part? I don't understand, man. It really gets my. Uh, it jostles your jimmies. It's my boxers in a wad, bro. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Understanding the science behind all of this begins with Delta 9 THC found in marijuana. Research experts say manufacturers are taking the natural versions of the THC compounds and chemically converting them into the man-made Delta 8 THC. I have to stop it there because that's Is that not, accurate? That that's sounds, not entirely accurate. That sounds an inaccurate to me. Delta 8 is, is a naturally... cannabinoid that's naturally produced mm -hmm. by the weed plant. But it's not produced in huge amounts. Right. So when you see the Delta 8 products on the shelves, they are manufactured in some way through chemical conversion, usually of CBD or Delta 9 THC. Isomerization. Right. right. That's the big word. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, I'll let them keep going because you know where this is, this is heading. And so it has very similar effects as Delta 9. Dr. Allison Oliveto, the vice chair for research at UAMS, says Delta-8 is not regulated by the Food and Drug Administration, which means there's no oversight. And in some cases, the product is being made in unsanitary conditions. Oh, no. But they've also found mercury, lead, and other nasty solvents and things like that. So I did look that up, and I did find published research where, um, who was this? And uh, the Chemical Research in Toxicology published this paper. They tested 27 Delta-8 vaporizers, which tested positive for heavy metals, and then went on to say that the heavy metals could have been a part of the vaporizers, <laughs> you know, like coming off or sure. something faulty in that product, not necessarily the, the you know, dab, the derb, the right. oil. <laughs> well, they just had to grab so, the test that came back scary, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like all this stuff. Yep. It's so funny. The, just the things that they point to don't justify the solutions they're imposing. Because they impose these solutions that really don't help anybody. I don't get it. We never will. We never will understand, man. Try to wrap our minds around it. Other nasty solvents and things like that. Whatever Delta 8 is, it's very dangerous. On the back of the package, the she bought, it states to I only know, take one-fourth piece of one gummy... Oh, yeah, this is oh important. Oh, my God. 
only take one fourth piece of one gummy. Whatever Delta 8 is, it's dangerous. Bitch, you just bought that. You should know what it is. <laughs> Read the label. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay. Delta like 8 is, is no big cheese, man. You know? It's weed. Kind of like weed. Exactly. Tastes like weed because it's made from weed. <laughs> <laughs> Taste the weedy flavor. <laughs> Delta 8 is, it's very dangerous. On the back of the package she bought, it states to only take one-fourth piece of one gummy and wait 60 minutes. Then, in big, bold letters, do not consume one whole piece. Extremely potent. How potent? 400 milligrams. The potent is. How potent? How potent? How potent? Tell me how potent it is. <laughs> 400 milligrams of potent. I mean, you're going to want, so if it's a one 400 milligram gummy and they're saying break off a quarter, that means a hundred milligrams, bro. Yeah. It's too many fucking milligrams. And this lady bro. doesn't even know what it is. It's too many milligrams. Yeah. Poor salesman. Poor bud tender here. Cause they're Me, not. I like a cool 20 to 40, dude. Like keep it very low. Yeah. Very low <laughs> with the edibles. Those motherfuckers can get up on top of you. And when they're up there, they're not coming down for pretty much the rest of your time. Wherever you happen to be having a time. Yeah. See, this is once again just a lack of research and yeah. understanding and Speaking, educating yourself. People get all jacked up about it. Lady who bought it on a whim. All of a sudden a news camera comes up to her and now she's scared of it. Yeah. Well, she, she took had just it already, bought it yeah. and ate it. Now, if she's buying and eating 100 milligrams and they tell you to start off at that, then yeah, that's fucking dumb. Well, here's what I want to know. Yeah. So, you know, she says that the clerk suggested it to her for her arthritis, but she said she was sick for three days. I don't think she read the back. I don't think she Oof. broke off a quarter. I think she ate at least a full one. And if you've never had an edible and that's how you start, you're going to have a bad time. Without a doubt. <laughs> I I still say that I would not have a great time on the 100. Oh, I know you. I don't. But this is why you read and you figure out the dose and you, mm -hmm. you know, take a little bite at first. Uh, it's kind of more like the hero's journey uh, type <laughs> setting off where you go into the fucking challenge, right? Keep a white, knuck white knuckle grip on your mind. But yeah, you can make it through. It's not like the end of the world. I yes. just I just prefer to have a mellow time, you know. Yep. I don't need to work that hard for my uh, <laughs> for my buzz. You know what I'm saying? Jesus. Yeah, definitely. All right, I'll continue with this. And in big bold letters, do not consume one whole piece. Extremely potent. How potent? Four hundred milligrams. When Fox 16 investigates, scanned the QR code on the back. It brought us to this website. No phone number, no address, just an email, which doesn't work. According to Scott Harden <laughs> with the Arkansas Medical Marijuana Commission, the line of legality blurred when federal lawmakers passed the 2018 Farm Bill, which allowed hemp to be sold, but only if it's under 0.3%, even in states where recreational marijuana is illegal. That ultimately opened a loophole for Delta 8 in Arkansas. Dispensaries are not allowed to sell Delta 8 because it's chemically altered. However, Hardin says because of the loophole, Arkansas's Alcoholic Beverage Control and Tobacco Commissions are not enforcing whether gas stations or other shops sell it. It's up to local law enforcement and local prosecutors if, if they want to take action, if they can find an area that they think is 
something worth prosecuting. UAMS says the Arkansas Poison Control Center received 21 calls last year involving Delta 8. Some people even found unconscious. Of those, nine involved minors. Be careful. They need to get this stuff <laughs> off the streets and out of those gas stations. Oh, my God. Fox 16 investigates went into T-Ricks, where Taylor purchased her Delta 8. T-Ricks. We told them about the loophole <laughs> and what happened to Taylor. The owner pulled the product, something others think should also happen across Arkansas. So brave. If the state legislature can find a way, and, and if that's within their purview to ban this, I would absolutely recommend that they do that. It's just a matter of time until you see states start taking action because it, it, it's still fairly new. From your experience, could the consequences of Delta 8 be deadly? Yes. Oh my Taylor God, go fuck yourself. Get the <laughs> fuck off of the screen. It's ridiculous. Deadly. That's the word they just used for a weed Leading product. the goddamn witness. Yeah. And you found fucking Mary Mary quite contrary outside the goddamn gas station. <laughs> That's who you're doing, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're just, you're just churning through people coming out of the fucking D8 store until, oh, this is the, this is the, we got to talk to this lady. This is the chick. Almost over, almost over, only second left or something. Taylor says lawmakers need to address Delta 8 now. If you can't buy the dispensary with the prescription or whatever, then you don't need to be taking it. She fears an innocent person no, you. or minor's next purchase could be their last. Oh, there it is, the scary words to linger in your brain. Not the minors, no! Oh. Now, here's the thing. It's probably a good idea to pull that product. I would... If, if I was running a business and this gummy came in and they had be like, Monstro gummy, 400 milligrams in a gummy, uh, I, w I probably wouldn't do it. Especially the package says break off a corner. Just eat the 100. Yeah. It's just too high of a dose, you know? Yeah. If I sold something like that, I would probably, I would want to have like a pre-cut of it up, you know? Just chop yeah. it up into actual 20s for people and be like, hey, eat half of one of those to start. You know? Yeah. Like, you're, if you're starting, start at 5 or 10. Start at 5 or 10, and then you can move up for there if you really, after a couple of hours, are like, you know, this really isn't doing as much as I need. You go, you know, up and up from there. But you don't start out in the 100 jungle, man. No. There's just no need for it. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. It's a waste, yeah. Of, uh, waste of product at that point, my friend. Yeah, I think it was a bad move for the clerk or whoever sold it to her. I mean, they just didn't care, you know? Yes. Oh, you got arthritis? Take this weed gummy. And they're not paying attention. And yeah. they, you know, yeah. they're probably, they have Sloppy. a high tolerance maybe, so it's no biggie to them. Or but. it's a gas station. You know, maybe the clerk on call doesn't know anything about the D8 products. Yeah, that too. Probably like, you know. It's not, hemp. It's not in the training. Well, it's just hemp, right? D8. No one knows. Oh, I don't know. It might be CBD. It might even get you stoned at all. Yeah. yeah. People don't know. When they don't know shit about fuck. Exactly. Well, in Massachusetts this week, the U.S. Bankruptcy Court uh, ruled that employees are not protected by federal bankruptcy laws, which, you know, has been the usual case. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a rare exception a few bowls ago from Arizona. Uh, but this case followed a guy by the name of Scott Blumsack, who worked... Nice. In the... <laughs> strong name. And maybe it's Bloomsack. But either way, strong name. Strong name, guy. either way, yeah. Uh, and he was in... Is sack's a bloomin' or it's a bloomin'? I don't give a shit. It's a sack either way. <laughs> I'm here for it. 
He was working in the weed industry since 2021 as the general manager of a business that manufactured, retailed, and wholesaled weed, but he didn't have an interest uh, in the company. You know, he wasn't an owner or anything. So in 2021, he filed a voluntary petition of reorganization under Chapter 13 of the Bankruptcy Code and submitted a plan of reorganization in which he proposed making payments to creditors out of his salary. And as an alternative, he listed his wife's retirement as a potential uh, place to take money out of. And she doesn't work in the weed industry, so he thought that would work. Hmm. Uh, But the bankruptcy trustee moved to dismiss uh, his proposal here because the debtor's activities or the owner of the company and the company itself violated federal law. And then that's just the end of it. Oh, you're in the weed business now, though, and that's illegal under federal law. Jamie Christmas. They need to fix this bullshit. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't have, uh, I had no interest in the first round of licenses, that's for sure, and now you see why. It's like, <laughs> the road is not paved for legal weed business yet, and uh, a lot of giants are going to fall, which is fine. In Missouri, the appeals court just ordered the state to issue a medical growing license uh, to one of the rejected applicants who sued. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, They did not include a certificate of good standing with their application. And that certificate comes from the Secretary of State just to show that a business is properly registered. Right. Um, And I guess that... They were not informed that this key piece of paperwork was missing from its application. They were just rejected. And that's on the department. Mm-hmm. The department's supposed to say, hey, um, you know, we saw you applied, but you're missing this, this, and this. Send those in so that we can properly score you. Right. You can't just throw out the application because it was missing the pieces. So this is the first time that a denied license has been issued in Missouri. Nice. Crazy. Many more to come, we hope. Yeah. I mean, the whole license thing is stupid anyway. Yeah, but. <laughs> remove the ceiling. Yeah. If you're going to do this uh, pay-to-play scheme that they got going on, you know, just let the people pay that got the money and they want to pay. Step one, remove the license caps. Yeah. Step two, remove the license requirement. Boom. It's uh, It seems simple. That's what I do as commissioner. But, well, today Oklahomans went to the polls to vote for or against legalizing recreational weed. And surprise, surprise, polls closed at 7 p.m. Central. I thought it was a done deal in the bank because usually weed makes it to the ballot. It's good to go. It looks like, I mean, I guess the tally isn't completely in yet, but all headlines are pointing to a defeat for recreational. That is unexpected. It is. At least to me. I didn't see any pre-polling or anything, but... No. No good. Nope. But this was the first time in American history that a weed measure was the only thing on a statewide ballot. (laughs) So there's that little step in the right direction for you. The little uh, record breaker. Yeah. I don't even want to play it, but... It's a step (laughs) in the right direction after all. It feels like it's not one, but... Yeah. But history, man. I get what you're saying. Another another first time I ever... Yeah. Crosses its uh, threshold there. That's right. And here's a story I have been jacked up about all day, all week, in fact, because this uh, little press release came out 
not long after last bowl. Okay. Um, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. We had the Delta 8 gummies that the DA said were laced with fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And so the district attorney uh, released a statement this week. And I'm just going to quote right from it because I couldn't believe my eyes, except I could. Some of the products were tested in a lab over the weekend, and those products did not alert to any illegal drugs at the lab's threshold level of detection. What? Yeah. So why are they spending the whole time smearing the comp Like, whoops. Yeah, I smell a defamation lawsuit if I yeah. were any of those companies. I totally agree. In the district attorney in this... Uh, and maybe that's the smell that got wafted their way. That Maybe that's why they're already spinning around, you know? Maybe. And he even says in his little letter here that, you know, let's not name and shame those businesses. Let's just worry about this unregulated market in general, but you know? Because it's this full court fucking propaganda press. Exactly. We see what you're doing. Fuck exactly. off. Just let people buy and sell hemp. So... Farm bill should be legal. And we should take... Steps to make it even more legal. Yes. Actually, fuck legal altogether. Oh, yeah, just... Just stop. Unregulate everything. Yeah, unregulated. Woo! It's not scary. It's a good thing, actually. It's freedom. Yes. It's a yeah. free market. It's a personal responsibility and personal choice. People should educate themselves about what's going on around them and make their own fucking decisions as to what to put in their body and not. Exactly. Now, this district attorney, of course, did not apologize which pissed me off, you know, after naming and shaming these brands. Right. He just is like, let's not worry about the brands anymore, you know, just, let's just uh, be scared of everything. Um, but they talked about how this, I mean, they don't call it an error, but they talked about the instrument used to measure them previously in the lab that came up with the fentanyl, mm. meth, mm-hmm. heroin results. It's called the Ion Scan 600, mm. and it's an ultra-sensitive portable testing device, uh, and it was calibrated to pick up one one-hundredth of a nanogram of oh fentanyl. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's one one-hundredth of one billionth of a gram. That's enough to kill 45 people. You would have to eat 200 million gummies containing one one-hundredth of a nanogram of fentanyl to consume the lethal two milligram dose. Oh my god! Ridiculous. It's like the PCR Shameful. testing, isn't it? It's that big of a scam. It's like, oh, there's a molecule of fentanyl on this. Yes, exactly. And I mean, fuck, it could have been on the device, right? It could have been. Yeah, well, if that's what I was saying. If you've ever tested anything with fentanyl on it, then there's molecules of fentanyl in the fucking lab. Yep. Molecule. It's so ridiculous. Uh, we are continuing to investigate how a fentanyl overdose was caused by a THC product. That's what he says. My guess is that it wasn't. Maybe THC was just in the person's system and they overdosed on something. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, although we don't have the package of original edibles that were consumed. <laughs> okay, so you just name and shamed a bunch of brands for no reason. Yeah. That's great. That's evil. That was our initial reaction last week, yep. too, though. Is like We were like... You know, this seems like a an attack. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, at the very end of this statement, there are many avenues we are investigating, including the possibility of cross-contamination in the making and or packaging of the THC edibles. Yeah, I don't think that's the cross-contamination. I think that took place 
at the test site. Definitely. And uh, you know what, though? Like, the damage is already done. That's why I'm saying it's time for a defamation lawsuit. Yes. And the journalists aren't going to run this as a story because it's not exciting. It's not the fear porn that they want. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like, oh, hey, everyone calm down. It was a mistake. There was no fentanyl in the weed. Um, they're also not going to retract their statements. And that's the worst part. Yeah, that's slimy. Yeah. It just makes me mad. Uh, yeah, the only danger here is just getting really high. <laughs> I know. So. Uh, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, exactly. I have another big story from this week. And this was covered by really good journalists an investigative team from the Queen City News in South Carolina made me proud. They have great coverage, so anyone that's interested in it should definitely go watch their videos and uh, packages they've been producing on it for four years now. Uh, South Carolina finds head of state law enforcement division for discovery abuses on hemp farm raid. That was the headline, so I knew it was good news. There was... A man we've talked about in the bowl before who grew hemp. He had a multi-million dollar crop. And in September of 2019, he was arrested for growing it in an unapproved lot. And not just arrested, but these law enforcement, uh, actually the state law enforcement division came in and had like a whole photo op, you know, just mowing it down, destroying the weed or the hemp, excuse me. And so he was ticked off, rightfully so, because you lose all your money. But he had also reported updated coordinates to the Department of Agriculture that he was moving his crop after some flooding had happened. And so that department asked this law enforcement division to investigate. A year later after the arrest, all of his criminal charges are dropped for insufficient evidence. Isn't that lovely? Mm. But his hemp's all gone, so he's still mad. Yeah. Um, I'd be mad. So, of course, he sued. Right. You know, and all a lot of this information came out during a virtual court hearing in October of 2022. Apparently, Apparently. SLED agents, they're called SLED, uh, they went to the circuit court judge a week before the raid asking her to sign this seizure and destruction order for his hemp crop. And they attached with it this opinion from the attorney general that was published two months before the raid to support their request to destroy this hemp. However, the opinion had nothing to do with it, with this Pendarvis case. Hmm. So um, they asked the attorney general to write an opinion for them, basically justifying the destruction of the hemp. And the attorney general turned around and said, well, you need to get judicial authorization before you destroy the crop. So they were back where they started. They tried to deceive the judge by withholding this attorney general opinion from her and the legal teams. And uh, they were, you know, the judge said, no, I'm not going to let you just destroy this guy's crop, but you can take him to court. You can use my courtroom for a hearing. They ignored her, though, and went to a court magistrate and got an arrest warrant for the guy. Oh, my God. Super sleazy. So they didn't tell a judge that they were... Uh, Planning to destroy the crop, though. They just, you know, had their request for an arrest granted. And then that very morning, when the magistrate signed off on the arrest warrant, they swarmed the field, destroyed everything. So, um... Incredible. Yeah. 
It's gross. And the body cam footage is absolutely disgusting. They lie about why they're there and everything. You know, oh, the Department of Agriculture sent us here to destroy this. No, no one sent you to destroy stuff. They asked you to look into it. And the guy covered his ass by updating his coordinates. And then that's what prompted this whole thing to happen. You know, makes you not want to communicate with the government. <laughs> surprise, no surprise. shit. Yeah. Turns so. out they're not here to help. Yeah. So it reminds me, by the way, I don't know if you caught two behind the schemes ago, but they went into further depth of the lost civil, uh, lost civil war gold. Oh yes. The feds that you brought to the lanes a couple of times with the finders keepers. Yep. These feds are not here to help. No. People are always like, Oh, I want to do this by the book. Oh, we got to make sure we're going to, I'd rather be like, Oh, I wasn't aware of the fucking, you know, like it's, it's one of those situations where it's way better to ask forgiveness Definitely. Then to ask, uh, where, where should I stand? Oh, I found a gold. Well, uh, can I get a permit to extract it? <laughs> yep. Then the government yeah. comes in. That's ours. Thanks. Huh? No, I'd rather be like, well, I didn't, I, I didn't know. You needed a permit. Uh, these uh, fifty-two bar. I mean, these uh, forty-six bar. I mean, you know, there's only thirty bars of gold. Uh, Look, I didn't know you needed a permit to pull twenty-four bars of gold out of the ground. Treasure is exciting. But loose lips sink ships, so just shut your mouth. Yeah, and never snitch on yourself. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, come on. Come on, baby. So what prompted this lawsuit is that Pendarvis heard Sled was coming back to destroy a second field of his. Oh, my God. So he filed the lawsuit, and the judge held them off, uh, you know, issued a restraining order. He sued the Department of Agriculture and its commissioner, the sheriff and deputies, and the Forestry Commission and their staff. Um, so SLED appealed that restraining order, but the case is still pending. So they're held off for now. They're at full war, though, man. That is yeah. stressful. Now, Pendarvis's attorney was able to prove in this October hearing that SLED hid documentary evidence for more than a year from them. And it showed up the morning of the hearing, 300 plus pages, like as they're, you know, walking into court, except for it was virtual. So getting ready for it. Oh, here's all that stuff you asked for over a year ago. Oh, my God. And then they don't have, you know, the attorney has no time to look it over because court's that day. So uh, they also asked SLED to share the information of who was at the raid, what cops were working it. And this is public information, right? But no, they won't do it. So this is pretty much what the judge got them on. Uh, the judge issued a 31-page order and fined SLED Chief Mark Keel $11,300 for failing to comply with, get this, Rule 33. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, uh, that requires a defendant to answer interrogatories posed fully and in writing under oath. And of course, uh, the judge found that his conduct included false, misleading, and incomplete discovery responses, uh, which supported the awarding of attorney's fees and costs for, you know, they said about $500 an hour. That's how they got that $11,000 number. Mm. So he has 30 days to send a check and provide the remaining evidence for discovery to Pandarus's attorney. And they could go to trial as early as September. And remember, this is four <laughs> years later. There's that speedy trial thing. I know, my ass. 
<sighs> in Wyoming, the initiatives for medical and decriminalization did not get enough signatures, so they will not be on the 2024 ballot. Rats. Um, now, it seems they had enough raw signatures, but they didn't meet the state's uh, minimum two-thirds of each county right. rule. Mm-hmm. So That's a rough one, two-thirds of each county. Yeah. There was a quote from Wyoming Normal's executive director, Bennett Sondino, and it, it spooked me out. He said, we couldn't rely on the secretary of state because he had his legal team determine that they could move the deadline up on us by two months, didn't tell us, and then promised one of our board members that it didn't matter how many we handed in, he would lose them. This <sighs> seems like court case waiting, right? Like, you can't say that. That's dirty. That is dirty. And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from Canada, where officials sent an alert about edibles that had more than the allowable THC. I didn't know there was a limit up there, but it's 1,000 milligrams of THC per package and 10 milligrams per unit. They didn't name any brands, so I guess it's just kind of uh, like Russian roulette with the edibles, and you might get a little more stoned than you bargained for. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yep. But that's a wrap. That's it for Behind the Curtain. It was a lot of big stories tonight. Yeah, big time. Yeah, you had a fat, fat, uh, fatty rolled for us. Yep, big bowls abound. Big bowls abound. Uh, Well, big metal moments abound. Woohoo! Every time Rev Cyber Trucker is around. And he just uh, pulled off into the night after dropping this one off out back. Nice. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Dope is an American alternative metal band from New York City. Formed in 1997, the band has released seven full-length studio albums, with their most recent one being Blood Money Part Zero, which was released last month. Life is their second studio album, released in 2001. The album's sound bears a resemblance to those of Marilyn Manson and features some rap metal influences. From their 2001 album Life, this is dope. Take your best shot.
Yeah. Yeah, that is some pump up music. No doubt. Need that for my workouts. Zooming. That was dope. Zooming. I did send the rev a text earlier uh, because I noticed there's a blooper in the box tonight. Oh? Yeah, and I shot him a text just saying, should I play this blooper after the air one or is that for personal use? But uh, I mean, I haven't listened to it, but let's just hear it. Why not? Now, the album's sound bears a resemblance to those of Marilyn Manson and features some rap metal in front. In, <laughs> That's a good one. Nice. Uh, well, cheers, Rev. Thanks for the metal moment. We appreciate that. It's a good burst of energy right when we need it the most. That's right. Right here in the show. And uh, after we've been behind the curtain a while, you know, you can't relax. Can't get too relaxed. Um this allows us, of course, to roll into the uh, first time I ever remembered to play this jingle. The first time I ever. Which was just now. Good oh. job. Thank you. We always love hearing from the bowlers about the first time they ever did this or that or the other thing. And uh, you can weigh in on the first time you ever by calling 816-607-3663. And, of course, the topic changes every week. This week we were talking about... Uh, the first time I ever choked on something. The choke. The big choke. Cool. Uh, and a caller who rarely chokes. Hey ho, hey ho, it's a Tuesday. The fuck did you call me? And the bowl <laughs> is lit. Woohoo! That's right. Yeah. As usual. I had to say that uh, the, the, the interview or the, the hangout, whatever, the bold, the bold, the bold, the bold, the <laughs> Mr. Booberry Mothman of the hammer uh, <laughs> was funny. I thought the, the part Thank where uh, he laughed and then the little one on Maureen's shoulder when the guys made some joke about looking for the third boob, <laughs> the third boo. Bulls and bulls and bulls and bulls. Was, was funny, especially after the. The show art and whatnot for no agenda, talking about three boobs and all that jazz. So yeah, yeah, timely. First time I ever choked on something. I mean, you know, hot dog eating contest. Um, you know, once you get to that fiftieth, you know, it's just, it's just hard um, to keep on eating. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's that. But yeah. uh, nah, I mean, I can't I can't think of nothing. You know, just same old, same old. I just feel like I can't think of nothing. But did make me think of one time where I thought I was going to die like a couple of years ago. I had a, I had this like prolonged cough and never really figured out what I was allergic to. And the doctors were like, can't any different medication, try this, try that. And it was just kind of like, Bleh, whatever. And, uh, anyway, it's pretty bad cough. It's just ridiculous. Wake up sometimes at like, wake up and like cough for like half an hour or something in the middle of the night. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was weird. Anyway, but, uh, then that, and then I had some like reaction, to something, uh, I think I like cut myself or something like that. I don't remember, but then uh, I just remember my now wife. Uh, she wasn't even driving at the time. My now wife like drove with me, and I'm driving myself to like the ER and whatnot, and Ooh. I couldn't breathe. Like I was so choked up and whatnot, and uh, literally outside of like their waiting room, emergency room, whatever. And I like threw her my idea. Like you filled out like I thought I was dying. I literally thought I was gonna die trying to like sign into the ER and all that. So. Yeah, that was kind of funny because they, like, took me on an ambulance from the ER to the hospital, which was literally right next door. Oh, I've been just there, to, uh expedite things. But it's all good now, and the cops are there, and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. It just <laughs> kills itself, whatever. So, yeah, there's that. 
All right. I love you guys. Stay dangerous. And uh, I'm going to go back to playing with the nephews because they're over. Nice. So, yeah. But you can always say whether or not you're a little kid or you're an adult, which hopefully you're an adult listening to this. No but, doubt. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you are alive and you did not choke to death. Agreed. Also, taking the ambulance from the ER to the hospital is so stupidy, but they did that for me once too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, he's right. You better be an adult listening to this piece of shit. Yeah, this is a late night podcast. It's after midnight. If you're a kid, you better be turning this shit off. Get get your ass to bed. Get out of here, kid. Yeah. You're not welcome here. Pass your bedtime. Get out of here. Uh, thanks, caller. You can stay. We're not talking about you. Uh, yeah, the transcription had a hell of a gem. Yeah, it'll probably be the show title tonight. Wake, wake up and like cock. <laughs> <laughs> With the first time I ever choked on something topic. Uh, nice. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. You remember the first time you ever choked? Okay, so on I something? don't. I don't remember it, but I've heard the story so many times that. I just know the first time I ever choked on something. Mm. And I was probably under six months old. I was a newborn. And my great-great-grandma, my nana, God bless her, she was watching me. I stayed with her. And I was in my crib or whatever. And she, you know, was staying up late trying to get the dishes done or whatnot and heard a weird sound coming out of my room. So... Luckily, she decided to go choke or go check on me, not choke. <laughs> and and there I was. Little, She's choking on you. You're choking on whatever. Yeah. Well, there I was, little blue baby oh, no. in the friggin' crib, blue, just like not making sounds, not moving now. Blue. So she grabbed me, flipped me upside down, held me by the foot, and started hitting the shit out of me. <laughs> and I coughed out. A huge blob of mucus or phlegm. Oh, gross. And then I was okay. But that's the first time I ever choked on something. It was my own phlegm. Wow. My own body tried to kill me. Thanks, body. Thanks, mucus. I was never told about those, so I don't remember any kind of... Any kind of... uh, Baby trauma? Pre-toddler chokage. Yeah. Only baby trauma I know is uh, about my birth itself. Yeah, but you know it. You see, you don't remember it, but you've heard it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's part of my personal tale and story and identity, right? Most indeed. Whether it happened or not, because I guess I wasn't really there, but... uh, Seems legit. Seems legit. (laughs) Why would they lie? Yeah, fact check. Heard it from several family members. (laughs) My mom told me (laughs) when I was born. uh... What about you? What's the first time you ever choked on something? You know, I was trying to think back, and I'm pretty sure the first time I ever choked on something was uh, a quarter in a hotel room. Oh. I was, like, putting the coin in my mouth. You put all kinds of awful shit in your mouth when you're a kid, right? Yep. And uh, coins, one of them, because they taste funny, you know? They have that metallic thing. And you definitely notice that as a kid. I used to, like, I don't know, just... Enjoy keep, it. Just keep a quarter in my mouth. <laughs> for for like, you know, I'm not even saying for like a stretch of months or anything, but I've I tried out the quarter thing a couple of times, you know. And then the time I choked on it was kind of swore off there. Yeah, how did that go? Not great. Did you get the Heimlich? It still makes my throat feel funny. I bet. Thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just not tell anyone you swallowed a quarter? 
I didn't swallow it. I just oh, choked oh. on it. Okay. And then gagged it out onto the ground. It made like a plink sound, you know? Yeah. Plink. No, something like a... Yeah, that was the end of your quarter sucking days, huh? Yeah, it was like that sound, only a little wetter. Ugh. <laughs> Man. Oh, yeah. There are people who choke on food all the time. I've never been one of those people. Yeah, I kind of have learned how to swallow. Yeah. After over three decades <laughs> on the planet. Years of experience. Uh, <laughs> Cotton Gin hits us with a 33-33. Hey! He says from Podverse, choke on this boost. <laughs> oh. Booster, how could you do it? How could you do it to us, Booster? Uh, we have one more caller currently Woo-hoo. who uh, may have choked. You. No. Uh, oh, okay. He's choking right now. Okay. The first time I ever choked on something. Uh, honestly, I don't know, my friends. I'm the one who chokes. <laughs> I'm the one who chokes. Uh, Servo in the chat said, I choke on fluids pretty often. And that's if I'm going to choke on I'll something. I'll swallow it's wrong. It's fucking like, liquid, yeah. yeah. What, so, do you, what do you do more often? Do you more often bite your cheek, bite your tongue, or choke on uh, liquid when you're swallowing wrong? Choke on liquid swallowing wrong. Really? That is, Yeah. I, it's rarer for me for the swallow choke. I bite my cheek more often. Like and on God, accident? Yes. Oh, I don't do that very much. It's m- annoying as fuck. I chew my cheek. It's like you're, everything about your body has just betrayed you. <laughs> yeah. And you have a hole in your cheek. And it's like, fuck. Yeah. Oh, man. That is one of the m- things that gets me the most pissed. You're just biting down and you can hear it like squish. It's like a squish bite cut thing. Oh, yeah. my God. Biting your own cheek is the pits. If it's on accident, yeah. Yeah. You never purposefully chewed the inside of your cheek? It must be a teeth grinding thing. I've done that yeah, my whole maybe life. maybe thoughtfully a couple of times, but nothing more than like a, a graze. So lumpy and bumpy with a nice texture. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a pillowy for my teeth. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. Uh, I'm definitely not a teeth grinder, though, so. Lucky. Hmm. Get a mouth guard. You just know, said, "Yeah, I know. I need something oh my to God. chew on." <laughs> uh, that's like you're the most given advice to you is to yeah. get a mouth guard. It's so damn expensive. Um, Keep writing it off. Yeah. So the the F tie we got suggested was uh, first time I ever went through Dare earlier in the show. Oh, I, I thought, like that. Which I thought was a pretty good one. But will you also write down C Dub's suggestion from moments ago? The first time I ever had a gay experience. First time I ever had a gay experience. <laughs> uh, where's the list here? I thought you were looking at it. Uh, I'm looking at my tonight notes because I just made that note tonight because I knew I'd use it tonight. See how that works? I was trying to avoid finding the goddamn note, but... I will take it. I'm taking a virtual note. All right. And it's... we'll add it when we find the list. Okay. I love that idea. And I, I guess you're doing the topic too. Looks like the topic didn't get done. It still says that tonight is boobery. Whoops. Can we? I'll update the first time I ever. Can we topic? How'd you word it? Went through dare? Yeah, first time I ever went through dare. All right. There it is. Cool. You know what that means. Uh, Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yes, let's go bowling. I've got a clip for you. Oh, boy. 
Let's see if you can figure this one out. What the fuck? The conch shell only has a certain number of notes, and so I picked fins because the notes fit the conch shell, and of course because we're in Key West. like they're torturing sea lions or something. Sounds like traffic, too. You sort of have to just buzz your lips when you're blowing into it, so it's not blowing straight air. You have to make a... You have to make a little gay with your lips before you put the air in. The just a little bit of gay air. Just a little bit of poot with your lips. I don't know. Look at that. I don't even need a conch shell. Fuck. That's full elephant. Anybody, anybody can make that noise. Yeah, so uh, Key West had their annual conch shell blowing contest, where the winners really blow. Oh, that's pretty good. You know, tone wasn't quite there yeah. to let you win, the but paper towels definitely. You did better than Not some of the contestants that I had in the clip. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like farts uh, through tightly clenched cheeks. Yes. <laughs> That was an awful assault there at the beginning. It too. was. That's why, I, uh, you know, it's on the first throw. First throw of the ball down the lane. First roll. Sometimes the roughest. Ah, it's a Brooklyn. Hey. I'll give you the sloppy strike. Yeah. In the same vein as the conch shell blowing contest, a Florida man found a 214-year-old clam. That's one old clam. Yeah. This is a 2.6 pound quahog clam uh, that was about six inches wide. And he named it Aber Clam Lincoln because they're guesstimating it was born in uh. 1809. Yeah, worn out. <laughs> Aber Lincoln. When he picked it up, he thought, God damn it. Hey, this is big enough for two servings of chowder. Oh, it's a double chowder. Yeah. That's a lot of clam. One clam, two chowders, you know what I'm saying, kid? But he's a specimen collector for the Gulf Specimen Marine Lab in uh, Panacea, Florida. I don't know if they pronounce it differently, like Missourians pronounce things. Panacea or something. Uh, and they calculated the age by the number of layers on the shell, because each one of those represents a year. Ah. Things I learn. How many layers of shell you on, my dude? Yeah, well, this one had 214. 214! Uh, most quahogs that are found weigh about half a pound. So this was five times bigger than the average quahog clam. But not the best. Not the oldest. Because in 2006, it's alleged that a 507-year-old quahog was found. Wow. And I'm proud to report that this Aber clam... <laughs> Was not used for chowder, oh, but why not? released back into the ocean. Oh, so he can be 215. Yeah, and eventually 507 or whatever. 508, beat that other one. 
<laughs> He's going to break the record. But you know, if I found a clam that size, I would be thinking the same thing. Hmm, two servings of chowder. Big lot of chowder. And in it would go. Is it nasty if it's that old? Mm, or it doesn't matter? How do the clams work? I wouldn't think it would matter. How the fuck? I don't understand. Bigger and juicier. Yeah. Uh, probably the same level of juice. I mean, but... do they get old like uh, every other creature gets old? <laughs> do they like, die? Kind of nasty? I don't know, Spence. We'll have to ask a clam expert. Yeah, man. Send in the clams. Call the clam man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling clammy just thinking about it. This one might get you feeling clammy too. Okay. Dude's at home in Austinsville, Virginia, just chilling. It's nighttime. And then he hears this noise at the back of his house. So he uh, goes to the back door to check it out. And there's a naked woman. But she's coming through the door. Coming at him. Yes. Yes. Not really coming all over the place. Because then she picked up a cast iron pan and tacked him with it. Well, she's dead. That's what he was thinking. But he managed to just get her out of the house, just push her out, <laughs> lock the doors, and thought he could just go on with his night, leave the naked woman behind, but she wouldn't leave. Oh, my God. She stayed on the back porch, and then she turned off his electrical breakers, and then she started beating on windows, yelling at him to get out of her house. And I'll fight you. Obviously. It's fucking bullshit, man. You come for me. It was fucking bullshit, because it wasn't her house. And he didn't even know this lady. I just want to say, I'm not afraid. And she then was things, ready, dude. Things escalated, because she started threatening to kill him. So you know what he did? Killed her first. He grabbed his gun, and he shot her in the leg to calm her ass down. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing calms me down like getting shot in the leg, man. But it will make you stop making death threats, I think. Uh, yeah. So, uh... The, the situation does change, for sure. Yeah, the power dynamics, certainly. I mean, she was naked. She got no defense. I guess she had that cast iron pan for a minute, but, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you could gun be... gun is mightier. I think you could get more accomplished with, like, some zip ties and a Nerf bat. Yeah, and an edible. <laughs> Maybe an edible. So, the cops come and arrested her, obviously. Uh, but the homeowner will not be charged because the shooting was already deemed self-defense. Good. Okay. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Naked person breaks into my house and starts trying to hit me with uh, my pots and pans. I know. They always like uh, say there's big problems coming when you're shooting in the leg, you know. Oh, shoot him in the leg. Like, I don't know. I'm just telling you, I'm not the greatest shot. I got a lot of work to do, a lot of practice to be had. Center of mass. That's just, <laughs> if I'm uh, fearing for my life, center of mass. Yeah. Why fuck around? Yeah, exactly. Japan just found 7,000 islands it didn't know it had. <laughs> you may have heard this story. <laughs> yeah. So nice. That takes their total islands from 6,852 all the way up to 14,125. Oh my God. Yeah. Over double the islands? That's right. More than double the islands. Well, are these little tiny islands? Some of them, yeah. Are they just like islands technically? Uh, it includes all naturally occurring land areas with a circumference of at least 330 feet. Magic number. I'll be damned. At like 330 feet circumference of an island, I mean, that's a pretty small island. 
Well, those rising sea levels, they won't be here for long. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah. They're going to go back down to 6K. No, no problem. So what happened was... <laughs> sea levels are rising so rapidly. The Japan just found out it had several thousand islands that never do about. Yeah. What the fuck? No, no, no. What a clown world bullshit thing this is. Uh, that 6,000 number came from a Japanese Coast Guard report in 1987. And this time around, they used digital mapping okay. from the Geospatial Information Authority of Japan. So, you know, I guess human error versus... Uh, Since the 80s, a more they haven't, technical... like, counted them again? Right, right. We only count island one down 40 years. That's right. And now they have the technology. So they did it. More than technological the advance. And now count to island uh, every year. So, yeah, you know, just gaining more islands. Not losing them. Sustaining those islands. Yeah, there's more islands. We're finding them all the time. That's right. That was pretty neat. 7,000 cool. of them. That's a lot of islands. Yeah. Maybe you could buy one of them before they get a zoom up in value. Yeah, right. Uh, would be neat. Get them before climate change does. Oh. Bless you. Whoa. Bless you. <laughs> Here's a baby story for this baby in the bowl. Okay, perfect. Uh, this 19-year-old woman found out she was pregnant, was surprised but excited, um, and then six months into her pregnancy, started feeling like really sick, really awful, feverish, and just like it wasn't going away. Mm. So she went to the doctor, found out she was in labor really early, 26 weeks. Whoa. You know, normally term is 40 weeks. Right. And she gave birth to a one-pound, 11-ounce baby boy who the doctors immediately just started saying would not survive. Right. She named him Caden. I'm happy to report that he's now four months old, or really one month old, if he had had the, you know... Mm -hmm. Came to term. ...proper incubation period. And he's already rolling over. So he's not just surviving, he's thriving. Mommy's a little miracle. Yeah, I love stories like that. Yeah, that's very a uh, feel-good story. That's right. This came from Wales. Thanks, Wales. I see you over there. I, too, am a bit Welsh. Ah. Sitting more deep, deep back in the past. Got some Welsh in you. Yep. A giant flying bug found on the side of a Walmart in Arkansas turned out to be a super rare Jurassic-era insect. Super rare, super rare, super rare. Yeah, you know, might have seen it in that uh, Jurassic Park. You may have seen it. Very factual account. Yeah. But this is a giant lacewing, and dude found it on this Walmart in 2012, and just thought, well, oh, that's a pretty neat bug, went home and mounted it. <laughs> that's pretty dirty. Yeah, well, I guess he's a he's a college professor, so he started <laughs> So teaching... he could get away with it? Mounting an innocent insect? I mean, insects, <laughs> innocence. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really think right. about the bugs like that. If it's a cool-looking bug, sure, mount it. That's <laughs> neat. Yeah, the bug probably had it come. Bob was asking for it. <laughs> Looking like that in a place like this, you're bound to get mounted. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and this is why they thought they disappeared in the 1950s. You know, just too many people mounting them. 
Uh, but he uh, he was teaching an online course, and he pulled out his personal collection of insects, and someone told him, hey, you got the wrong label on that thing. Whatever he said it was, whatever he had labeled it as, he was wrong. And uh, upon further research, this is a freaking extinct or thought to be extinct Jurassic era bug. Pretty neat. And now he's opened up his personal collection there for any students that want to research it at Penn State, where he works. So that's cool. I thought they disappeared in the 1950s, but I guess there's a little group of them still laying eggs, making babies in Arkansas. Incredible. Yeah. Here's another incredible story for you on the lanes this evening. True Americana. 27 years ago, Mark pulled into the parking lot at this McDonald's just off of Green Bay Road in Racine. I was going to go through the drive-thru, but the line was too long. So I decided to park and walk inside. Little did he know the decision would change his life. I was in line, and then um, I had turned and looked and saw her next to me in the line to my right. Her, Mark is referring to, is now his wife, Cindy, who had the same craving for some fries and a Coke. She said hi to me, she smiled, and when she smiled, I was like, man, wow. <laughs> she is beautiful. Way too kind. No. Wow. I, mean, I was like stricken, man. She was beautiful. The two grabbed their respective orders and went on their way until. And I stopped and looked back at her, and as she got to her car, she stopped and turned and looked back at me. <laughs> And I was like, well, that's a done deal. I got to go after her now. I got I to chase her down. Chase her down, he did. <laughs> eventually exchanging phone numbers in the parking lot of a nearby car wash. Cindy even keeping the notepad. This was like Dating. actual phones, like landlines. <laughs> Every year since, on February 9th, she's had a date at noon at the same restaurant with her McDonald's guy. We just, we never said anything to each other. We just right. always showed up. Um, at noon at, at this McDonald's. Well, there were years I was like, oh, he better show up if he <laughs> forgets. And no, we never have, without though. Fail, we've no, never we've never had. We've, we've always just both shown up and yep. had lunch without even reminding each other yes. anything. The chance encounter has led to more than just an annual lunch date. Cindy and Mark married in 1999 and now have three kids and two grandchildren to share their story with, one they feel can inspire hope for others who may face hurdles in their love life. That's right. You, too, can find love at the McDonald. McDonald <laughs> brings us together today. Yeah. Oh, fuck. 27 years, though. That's a long time. That is. Big go crazy sex fiend. Good run. Yeah. Nothing keeps you stuck together. Like a, like a fucking greasy McDonald's burger, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think it's cute that they meet back up there every anniversary. It's the glue though. of a strong Midwestern marriage. And not talking about it, not planning it, that reminded me of uh, the Pina Colada song, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, maybe that first year they're getting a little mm, bored or something, and she's like, today's the day. This is the day we met at McDonald's. I guess I'll go back to the McDonald's. And he was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and then they just did it every year since. And he gets stricken all over again. That's right. Eating crappy burgers and fries. <laughs> uh, C-Dubs in the chat says, go to fast foot, you fat fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're a fat fuck, you should try and be fast on your feet, if I'm understanding correctly. A little jog would do you some good. Yeah. You gotta go to fast foot. 
Or yeah. the slow foot bullshit. And that's that's good advice too for people who are struggling in their love life. You know, work out. Yeah. Improve your health and quality of life, and yeah. then uh, things and then, will just work. And then flex on the ladies. That's right. That's right. At the McDonald. <laughs> Except Mac- just kidding. You won't Donald. be going there because you're feeling healthy and good. Yeah. They don't even sell the salads there. That lasted for what? A few years. Everybody forgot about Super High Me or Super Size Me or whatever the old guy was. <laughs> Super High Me. That's Fuck. the bull story. That's the uh, Vincent thing. He did like a... Yeah, I remember. Super Size Me. Whoops. Super Fry Me. Ugh. Yeah, in the chicken wraps. I yeah. was salty. I lost all interest in McDonald's once so the chicken wraps were... First they took my fajitas and then the chicken wraps. They, they don't give you anything but something on a bun or... Uh, I don't know. Yuck. It's just It's all gross. Oh yeah, the pink slime nuggets. Ugh. You get something on a bun or pink slime nuggets. And soggy fries every time. Well, anyway, enough thinking about that crap. Employees were inse- inspecting a Ferris wheel, and they found a cockatiel on it. I mean, tell me they found a cockatiel, Ferris wheel cockatiel, man. It was just hopping around on a little Ferris wheel bench thingy, 100 feet in the air. So the worker held out his arm, and the bird came right to him. So then he carried it down the ladder to the ground, and there was another worker who was more interested in the bird than him, so he was like, oh, yeah, you want to take the bird? Take the bird. Birds are gross. And the guy said, hey, uh, I think I saw a flyer for a lost bird. Or his mom had told him about it. And sure enough, it was the lost bird on the flyer named Joel. Missing for over a week He was just riding the Ferris wheel Having a grand old time But Joel was reunited with his owner So it's a happy ending For a lost freaking bird What are the chances of that? Go Joel Very rarely do we hear of lost birds Being reunited with their owners Not just any bird But a Ferris wheel cockatiel Hey, that's right God man that is like the perfect word pair Ferris wheel cockatiel I just want to make like a funk song out of it. Ferris wheel, cockatiel. Beats the shit out of cellar door. I'm Joel. He's Ferris wheel, cockatiel. <laughs> I'm jamming to it in my own mind. It's the song that needs to be written then. <laughs> oh, there was a retired teacher of 30 years named Mary Stocks Martin who just died at the age of 86. And I guess when she was a teacher, she would sign her name MSM, but the S was so curved that it looked like an ampersand. So the students, you know, just called her Miss M&M and started bringing her M&M stuff. And, mm. you know, she started collecting it and whatever, and that was kind of the, the thing with her. She's the M&M lady. So a few years before she died, she wanted to get all ready for the occasion, and she decided to build her own casket with her son in the shape of the blue almond M&M, M&M casket. And he appears to be sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, dead, I guess. Resting uh, internally in a candy-coated coffin? Yes. Well, it's not made out of M&Ms, oh. but yeah. It's just... Uh, it looks like the blue M&M laying on a, a slat on top of her coffin. Um, and in his hands are miniature candies where the names of her four children, 22 grandchildren, and three great 
grandchildren were etched onto it. I thought that was kind of neat. That's sweet. And so at her funeral, attendees wore M&M clothes, bright colored clothes, and they tossed candies onto the casket to honor her. This was in Arizona. There was an old guy in my church growing up who would just give out Starburst at every damn football game and church thing and wherever he was. He always had a fat sack of Starburst. It's weird. People just get those things, you know? Yeah. He's the Starburst guy. And to honor him, you would throw him some Starbursts on his way to the eternal slumber. Probably. I got one last story for the lanes tonight, and you're going to like this one. Oh, my body is ready. Some research was published by uh, European Urology this week. That is real. European Urology. (laughs) Uh, And they said that... Men should masturbate 21 times a month to reduce their risk of prostate cancer. That's the magic number. What, you got like one week of period and then the other three weeks you're on? You got seven slip days. Well, I know what, seven slip days. Seven, oops, I didn't nut today days. Interesting, okay. Uh, yeah, it, uh, they found that men who nutted 21 times a month... Reduce their prostate cancer risk by a third. That's the magic number, folks. 33%. 33%. 21 nuts a month. It's science. So does that mean you should, uh, if you're the situation, should you cut back to 21 nuts a month? Or should you strive forward to 21 nuts a month? When are you on the wrong side of the 21 nut? Oh, you can go over. You can go over and be fine. It just has to be at least 21. Okay. 21 plus nuts per month. Yep. Take that, November. Yeah, seriously. Well, thanks, bowlers, for kicking it. It's been a great time. Another Tuesday night happily in the books. Uh, Join us on Sunday night for the next Bowls with Buds. Let my buddy Ben Owens in the bowl. And uh, we're going to kick that off likely around 8 central, although I don't have a firm time yet. 8 sounds great. Follow us on the uh, No Agenda socials to know for sure, for sure, what time that is. Or, hell, check in the IRC chat topic. Maybe we'll update it this time. But either way, you know we'll be back next Tuesday night at 9 central. And until that time, I shall remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl. 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 May your bowls burn ever brighter. Lorian and Spencer. I, I told him last night that he had to come. It's just the way they talk to checks into it. Oh, brother. None of this is good. DeLorean, shout out.